am Duncan MacLeod of the Clan MacLeod. My name is Ichabod Crane. My name's MacGyver. Colonel Jack O'Neill, SG-1. I am Batman! Hello, I'm the Doctor. So there's this man, he has a time machine. Up and down history he goes, zip, 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 getting into scrapes. For years, and maybe more than that, right, Mac? But, but how long has it been? Has it been six, seven years ago? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Hey, now, wait a minute. Now, wait just a minute. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day. I've got something for you. Oh, uh, merci, Sonor. Just one more thing, sir. Oh, boy. Just like that. Bing, bang, boom. At this point, I'd settle for the boom. They'd love it here, don't you think? This is what I'm saying. And by the way, where is your podcast? Tell everybody that's here. Welcome to the Never Gets Old podcast. The podcast of all we love in TV, movies, music, and comics. With your hosts, Mac Jackson and Nathan Shell. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, and YouTube. Donations at paypal.com at macwjackson at comcast.net. Listen to my taping song. DJ saying they're too long. His guitar may be silenced, but his soul goes on and on. Alone again, alone again. His stories were like us, a beginning and a end, alone again. Now I listen in my room. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I had to do that for you, Scott. Right up. <laughs> I'm at work today. I'm like, hello, everybody. <laughs> um, got my Grover going. Uh, hi, everybody. It's Mac Jackson. Uh, thanks for joining us. I have our buddy Scott Tipton back, of course, because, you know, this is we're just basically going to shoot the bull like we always do. But if we could do it live and let you guys engage, that's always a fun thing. Otherwise, it's just us and I'd post it later anyway. So how are you, buddy? Doing well. Doing well. Yeah. I, it's so funny as always, I think of, Ooh, you know what? I, I gotta remember, mark this down to talk to Scott about this. Cause I yeah. think he has ideas, you know, and thoughts on this and with all the, the fortunate news that we've been getting, I titled this episode just because I never know where we're going to go with it. Um, but I think you were probably going to talk about Marvel at some point and comic books. Odds are good. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I spun the wheel and it seemed like the right title to, to say, you know, are they back on track? I mean, I'm not sure they were ever as off track as the as right. the, um, the the blogger verse uh, clickbaiters would have liked us to believe. I mean, there were certainly some a couple of misses among the money swings but how many winning swings do you get before you occasionally whiff one you know i mean right. well, it's eternals, a, eternals was a three hours and 20 minute long whiff but still right right and, and and secret invasion but other than that i loved everything else yeah you know 
Um, and I thought of that too. I'm like, well, all right, Scott and I don't have a problem with it, but as far as, like you said, the, the social network likes to pick on crap and, and just like, and no matter how great it is, Oh, it's not good enough. So I watch some random, uh, when I have the tolerance for it, because again, everybody loves to poo poo on great stuff. Um, and I watch some of the, what do you call it? Um, this isn't it, but like the quick, Hey, today I have new, you know, rumor information on Marvel's this or DC's that, right? And if you get someone who's not obnoxious or annoying, all right, I'll check it out and see if, are they guessing or does it, should I not have, I don't want to know too much. Like, you know, and, and. Or or is it a guy in a Dr. Doom mask who seems kind of like an incel? Maybe I'm not going to work with that guy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, uh, so, you know, I've heard some rumors of stuff. And one of the rumors I heard was, um, let me think of who it was. It was Den of of Geeks or something like that. And he comes on almost every day and tells you what the latest is. It's really quick. And, you know, when he edited, when he edits his lines together, there's no breathing room. So you can tell he like took out the breaths or whatever. So it's just for 10 minutes. Um, and one of the things that he brought up was he suspects that this dip that they're, everybody's talking about was basically, um, Feige treading in the water while he dealt with the Sony thing with Spider-Man. Hmm. You know, you know what I mean? Because, because No Way Home was, was such a hit that Sony went, well, we want him back. And they had already, I guess, set up where the new Trinity of Marvel heroes was going to be Spider-Man, Black Panther, and Captain Marvel. Right. Well. That, not so much, unfortunately. Black, Black Panther, unfortunately, went away. Um, I still think they should recast them as much as I had no problem with the movie. Yeah. I, I just, you know. I, like, like we said, I mean, it was a great, it was a, it was a great movie, but it's one I never need to watch again. Because it, it, it was just a funeral. And it was so sad. Yeah, the whole time I'm like, oh God. And and I know we're already we're already veering off. I still think it was a massive mistake to make Namor murder T'Challa's mom. Oh yeah, right? it was Back just death, death, death. Yeah. Right? Because then I mean, she wasn't the only one. Yeah, I mean, granted, in the comics in the 40s, Namor was chucking civilians off the top of the Statue of Liberty, but it was the 40s. It was life was cheaper then. And it was war, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he, he was. Oh, I hate white people. I, I hate man, but I really hate Nazis. <laughs> he had yeah, those are the worst kind of man. <laughs> but but yeah, um, I, 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 I mean, I don't know. The, I, to me, I think the dip. The, the one thing I think that a lot of the blogosphere gets right is that the push from Disney, and this this is not Feige's fault. He's no, he's taking his marching orders. The push to get so much content on Disney Plus, kind of, and I think it was a double whammy of that with now reacting to the fact that we have a world where we don't have T'Challa, who is going to be expected to be so big. Captain Marvel was a bit of a question mark for for fair poor reasons or not, and all of a sudden Sony's scrabbling to get Spider Man back. So I think that really did kind of 
kind of like dilute the the um the kind of like momentum they've had for so long. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's that was the theory was while he was dealing with that, he would still make content, but he couldn't really use those three, and you know, and, and now I guess it's fixed. So now, okay, now we can get back on track, quote unquote. Um, okay, I you know, fine. I, I my bigger problem is with the guy. What's his face? The uh, president of Disney trying to crap on all our hopes and dreams all the time. Um, oh, you, you, you like first, Marvel? You like Star Wars? Yeah, we're going to limit that now. Yeah. Well, I mean, this this uh, Iger came back to, like, you know, the, the, the smoldering rubble that once was Disney after after the, the last CEO came back. And he just, he does not seem like the same executive he was for all those years before. The old Bob Iger, was, he would never make dumb comments in the press. He was always very creative, friendly. He had a big picture. This guy looks like a guy like who came back for a year or two to put the fire out from the other guy, mm-hmm. and I don't, I just, I don't have that same kind of confidence in him as an as an executive, which is unfortunate because before he was a gold standard. Right, right. He was the I, guy that was he would find the best, the best pride, the best um, properties in the world. Let the people that are already good at it run with them. Pixar, you guys do do it. Marvel, you go do it. Lucasfilm, yep. well. Well, two out of three ain't bad. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and it's so funny, too, because you're right. I'm watching it going, um, this guy, uh, I mean, I watched it live when he did that that um, interview where he's like, oh, no, the people on strike, they're wrong. Like, What are you doing, dude? I know. Dude, shut up. You're on the wrong side of that. Doing it literally from the, 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 the billionaire boys club. He might as well have had a monocle and a big bag of money, like like Mr. Moneybag. Mustache. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, and it just went downhill from there. Because I watch, I was walking through at work, the cafeteria, and they had it on the screen, so I stopped. I'm like, oh, all right, let's see that. And I watched him say it, and I went, oh no, oh oh, no, no, no. Hours later, when I came through, it was the big news of the day. Can you believe what this idiot just said? Kind of thing. Yeah. So, you know, and oh, all the things that you love, we're going to we're, we don't we're going to take away. We're going to lessen our our try with Marvel and Star Wars. Oh, yeah, because that's what people are happy with. By all means, take that away. And, you know, you know to, to suggest that, you know, Marvel's dip in the box office, it doesn't take into account the fact that, you know, there is there is a strike. Before that, there is the way things were mishandled with COVID where, where stuff didn't go to theaters. And instead, got 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 um, just kind of like ignored on streaming. Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, you react to the plate you have. Don't go back and 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 make make bad mistakes going forward. I mean, it's it's, I and it's so funny too because all these movies. I don't know if you've noticed all the movies that the critics wanted to you know crap on and say, oh, it's terrible, Miss Marvel or the Marvels or Indiana Jones. Oh. Well, once they hit streaming, the audience went, no, these are great, actually. We're, yeah. we're, we're loving this. Let's see. What do we got? The Flash? Yeah, we all love The Flash. Okay. Blue Beetle. Yeah, that was great. Too. Like, like, yeah, see? See? If, if people would just listen to their own, even if their friends over critics. Yeah. Well, the, the problem is, though, you know, the, the, especially online, the most obnoxious voices are the loudest. And people mistake, people mistake volume. Uh, in, in terms of, of audio as volume for numbers. 
The right. loudest voices aren't the aren't the most. Is that, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, somebody, oh somebody said that about uh, just something in, in civil rights or whatever. The the basically like good isn't determined by the number the 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 majority. Yeah. Like yeah yeah. And, and, and you know because so much of the stuff is not being online. You know, uh, uh, you can monetize your obnoxious opinion, even if it doesn't, even if it's not right. But you know, no one wants to watch videos where they say somebody likes something. Negative reviews are always more interesting and more fun, and that's always that's always been where, like, you know, the where the where the eyeballs go. And so, it's so, it's so easy I, to mistake that for what the, what the actual thoughts are. It's so funny that you say that because I make a conscious effort to do the opposite of that. But you're right. Like it is the easiest. Oh, somebody's angry. What are they angry about? Click, click, click. Where I have found myself watching videos of book reviews, like uh, graphic novels and, you know, the best of 2023 kind of stuff because it's the new year and I want to hear their their rundown because that way I can go, oh, there's a book I haven't tried yet. And, and, you know, all right, let me get it right now while they're saying it. Because if it, if they're really passionate about it, that sells me on it. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, oh, okay, you guys really are, are talking this up. It must be good if I've heard it on a couple different uh, shows. And so I'll just go on the phone while they're talking and go, all right, Cosmicology, what's the name of that one? Okay. And it, as long as it's not stupid expensive... You know, I've I've been loading up my basket with yeah. more more, um, more independent, like one shot or limited series type stuff. But uh, yeah, at the same time, next to that is a video of, and I can't think of who they are, but I, I from what I understand, they're kind of hated among the comic community because they just they're they're naysayers. They like yeah. to, you know, they go on. Uh, their current thing is they don't like Mark Wade. Uh, like, wh- why? What did he do to you? I don't. And again, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't go looking to fight with comic book people, creators or fans or anybody. And yet, those kind of people are looking to go. Oh, all they're looking for is engagement. Right. Right. Oh, look at. Uh. Uh. You know, Mark Wade hates me, or you know, uh, Mark Miller, or whoever. Like yeah. that's not that's not positive. You're okay, great. You he reacted to you, but he hates you now. That can't be good. I I, I have I have no time for that. I mean, I I've been online doing comics, writing about comics for for years and years, and I can count on one hand the, the times I actually wrote negative pieces. And even then, they were never weren't mean spirited. And I'm not going after the creative. Um, I just I don't see the point in writing a negative review, right? I'd rather talk to people about great stuff and point them in that direction. And, you know, I'm, I've been on the other side of that for just as long. No one's trying to make a bad comic. Right. Right. No one's trying to make something that doesn't work for people. So, I mean, and no one realizes how much work it is to write, to put together a comic, how many people are involved. Mm-hmm. All those people are trying. Right. It, right. it might be your taste. It might actually be not good, but, I'm not going to jump on that train and 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 dance yeah. on the grave. 
you got stunned. You know, when it comes out and it's bad, usually they know. Yeah, so, and they're gonna know by the numbers. Yeah, my party. Right. And just by by the the clear headed people who may not like it, you can go, oh no, they have a point. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. But they're not getting their giggles out of crapping on somebody. Yeah, and they're and they're also not looking for word political points they can like grab onto and then extrapolate to 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 to, to just to stoke anger and again get hits. Well, the one the one video from and I can't think of who it is, and I'm glad I, I can't because I don't want to publicize them, but it's one of those where every video is here's what I hate today kind of thing. And the oh. one video was I'm done. I'm sick of it. I'm never, you know, reading this. These are the things that really tick me off. And so I clicked on it just out of morbid curiosity. I thought, all right, let me be fair and listen because maybe there's some thought. And it came down to it didn't matter how if they were even right in their views. It's the fact that you are making a hate video. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even necessarily disagree with whatever their views were, but the way that they handled it, you titled it, I'm sick of it, I'm not doing this anymore kind of thing. I'm like, man, I don't ever want that to be a title of my yeah. thing. But, you know what but, I mean? My favorite recent one, and this is one of the few times I actually did comment on something on something like this, was it was a reaction to the newest releases from Hasbro for the G.I. Joe, um, the, G. Joe the new G.I. Joe line figures and among the figures was the figure the character doc okay yeah, 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 yeah yeah he looks great yeah but and and somebody reacted to one of these knuckleheads oh hasbro giving into the woke agenda because doc is a african-american and b a pacifist and i'm like um dude that character was first created in 1984 i'm pretty sure doc is older than you are that's what I was gonna say. I was just about to say that. I'm like, you're you're you moron. You weren't even a glimmer in your father's eye, and you're gonna have a problem with the character. Yeah, you idiot. Like, all, right, all right, fine, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. Now I'm just gonna walk away. Just just back out slowly. Right. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, that type of thing. All just right. Now among the, among the crazy rumors I have been hearing, I'm curious. And we, we might not find out in years down the road. How much of the new Captain America film was filmed, and how drastically is it being rewritten? Because I was under the impression that, it, that they'd done some filming and they clearly had a script, but now I'm hearing that like filming is not going to commence on that for like another another month or so, and that like large swaths of it are being dropped. Well, that leads me into the Daredevil current thing, which again, thank God. They updated that. Yeah, but and that's but, the thing. I mean, we we had heard there's none of the, there was none of the original cast coming back for that, and now they're all back. Right, right. But there was filming had gone pretty far on that. So again, that's a pretty drastic rewrite. Well, with Daredevil, apparently, they're trying to use as much of the footage already shot as they can. Um. Which okay, but you know what you you knew with the uh, oh, Leif's hair here. Uh, hi, Leif. Uh, let's see. Wait, I want to see what he said, and then I'll I'll finish my thought. Okay, so this. Uh, oh, look at he's quoting. Seek not the favor of the multitude. It is seldom got to be 
got by honest and lawful means, but seek seek the testimony of few, and and number not voices, but weigh them. Which supposedly goes back to. Yep, something. I, if I try and pronounce that, I'm going to trip all over it. And then, uh, better to impress. Uh, yeah, he's quoting stuff here. Yeah. That, so it's right back to what we were saying. Most of my online criticism is based on Emmanuel Kant. So yeah, he's right with me. <laughs> yes, you can see that. Okay, good, good, good. I, I didn't want to, I thought like Emmanuel, but I'm not sure if that's right. Is it an, okay. Um, but with Daredevil, don't you know your Monty Python? Emmanuel Kant was a real pissant who was very rarely stable. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's one of the quotes I don't know. Um, but with Daredevil, uh, uh, you knew what the original story was, right? Well, I'm was... assuming they're they're using Born Again, the Maza Kelly. No, they did Born Again in season three. Basically, that whole... Basically. Really? they did parts of it. They did the part where he. Wakes up in the in the uh, nunnery and he's all bandaged. They use the overhead shot. They do the whole. I did not watch season three of Daredevil. I, didn't, I never gotten back to it. Oh, I, yeah, not not because I didn't want to. I it just slipped my mind. Did they do the whole storyline with the kingpin finding out his name? Yes. Oh well, then what were they going to do? Why are they calling this one Born Again then? Because it's it was you know a different network and, yeah. and people like us will go whoa. Um, agreed. They're not doing, they, they dipped their toe into that during the third season, which by the way, now you got to watch the third season. Oh yeah. It's on my list. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Cause it's so good. I, <laughs> I've watched the first two seasons at least twice, if not three times before. And now we're, we watched, uh, you know, uh, with Everly who's 12 now, um, you know, No Way Home, because now she's old enough to come to all the superhero movies with us. No Way Home, She-Hulk. And then I went, wait a minute. Like a couple weeks ago, I went, Everly, have you never seen Daredevil? I mean, was that your first exposure? She's like, yeah, I, I know who he is, but I never saw the original three seasons or, or, or you know, Defender. I'm like, oh, all right, right now. Let's because we've been we I started them watching Lost Chuck. Um, we, we finished Firefly, so we've moved, moved on to Lost and Chuck and, you know, sprinkling of other stuff. But once she said that, I'm like, right now, stop what you're doing. We're going to start to watch Daredevil. <laughs> so we just watched the stick episode of season one. Okay. So, oh, and the whole time, Mikey and I are like, and, 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 and Cindy are going, oh, this is just so freaking good. Wait, do you see Everly? Oh, this is so good. You know? We're, we're in we, euphoria. Yeah. And, and as she's watching it, we're looking over at her like, ah, come on. Look, I, I'm hearing that with Cap, the whole Serpent Society stuff is being taken out. Okay. See, and I heard, I didn't hear that, but I heard that they were going to be part of it. And the Serpent, yeah. I mean, you know. Seth Rollins is supposedly playing either the, the Cobra or Sidewinder, one of the main Serpent guys. Huh. Okay. Well, but not, but not I'm hearing the last, last thing I read somewhere was that that whole that whole element's being taken out. You so know, I'm not sure what's up again? It's all rumor, and it's all I don't want to know too much. But a big thing that I hear is, and this makes complete sense. You know the um, 
Thunderbolts, you know how they're working on that? That might have to do, again, it's rumor, Kingpin. Kingpin is going to run for mayor in this upcoming season of Daredevil. Okay, so that's okay. his thing. And then they're going to do Devil's Reign, basically, where he's going to outlaw superheroes and basically cause like um i don't know I, the rumor is this might be the hulk movie that they're working on which i'm surprised they're doing i'm glad but i'm surprised they're doing world war hulk yeah and, but they're it's only weird. using the title they're not yeah. doing the story because we already we missed all that yeah I, I mean, I love the idea of of, of the uh, the Mayor Kingpin stuff. I don't think you need to go to the back to the well with outlawing superheroes because that was that was all like you know Civil War. It's been people's done already. Right. But, so, but what, apparently, what they're going to do is again rumor. He becomes mayor at the end of season one of Daredevil. Now, uh, of this season that they're filming, he outlaws superheroes. Those who don't listen, he will create his own team a la Thunderbolts. And it spills into the movies because the next Spider-Man movie is supposed to be a street-level movie with him and Daredevil. Yeah, see, that, so, that, I don't know. That, that, that just smells like, like speculation to me. That one. I'm not sure how much I believe that one. Now, I, I'm all on board for... Uh, Getting Daredevil in and Kingpin in that next Spidey movie, I think that's a great idea. Right, right, right. Well, apparently that's what what everybody, including the studio, is saying. We want a street level one where they have to deal with. Apparently, it's going to be Daredevil and maybe Ant Man shows up to inform Spider Man about the the quantum. Basically. It's yeah, once you get more details, that's when it all smells bogus to me. Well, yeah, again, it's it's I've heard yeah. different things where, where he's yeah. gonna show up and it kind of heads in the direction of Secret War, which is Kang or Kang's replacement, whoever they're gonna whatever they're gonna do there. But Spider-Man is rumored to be the chosen one. He's the one who's gonna beat Kang. I don't know. People didn't like it when Ant-Man beat him, so why is this going to be any better? Right. Well, because it's Spider-Man, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. but then I guess Sony was like, no, you know what? We want Toby and Andrew in this next Spider-Man movie because it did so well the last time. And, and yeah. Yeah, I guess Marvel's going, wait a minute, that's too much. You can't. Yeah. We've maybe done that. maybe do that and do that in Secret Wars. Maybe do that to to end it out. But you, you, every time you go back with that, it's giving you diminishing returns. Exactly. And they, they, I guess, the plan was they were going to have Toby be the lead in one of the leads in Secret War. Because Secret War one and two, one was supposed to be Kang Dynasty, and now they're not going to call it that. Yeah, we'll, we shall we, 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 we shall see. I know. I, some of the theories I'm like, yeah, I like that. Others I'm like, oh, please God, no, don't yeah. shove Obi and Andrew in the in the next Spider-Man movie if you were going to do a street yeah. level thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, anytime Sony's involved, I'm like, oh, you from the from the makers of Madam Web. Thank you, thank you. No, what else? Do you have? Well, I didn't even I haven't seen that one yet, so God knows. But I don't need all these villain movies. Yeah, 
the Craven movies were not great, right? And the Venom movies were less than spe spectacular. Yeah, adequate. I mean, they got, oh, it's adequate. <laughs> right, right. Like they had Carnage in the second one with Woody Harrelson. Like, oh, that's great casting. Yeah, this yeah. is fun. And they, it just, they went through it too quick. Like, take your yeah. time. Let's let's have things make sense and not just go for the action, action. We're done. Here's the credits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, they, I think it's, it's, I mean, it's shocking to me that there's only going to be one Marvel movie this year. Is there? Yeah. It's just there. It's just Deadpool three. That's it for the year. That's a lot. Wow. Well, that, well, okay. So what are the shows that are coming up? Um, I, we just had, we just had echo. I, I mean, reportedly, I mean, they're still filming wonder man, which I'm also very on the fence about. I didn't even hear about that until this week. Yeah. They're, they're doing a wonder man show. Yeah. But they got the guy playing black Manta playing him. The guy who's black man and Aquaman. Yeah. He's one. He's Simon Williams. Apparently. Huh. I, I, I guess, but I don't know. The, the I'm I'm not a guy who's worried about it. You know, I'll, I'll watch these things as they come out, but right. I feel like dropping everything and pulling back so much is, a, is an overreaction to only have one this year as far as feature Agreed. films. Though. Agreed. Yeah. I, again, like we said last time, the big thing is that the the studios don't understand that movies are not important anymore. Yeah. You're getting the same quality plus more on TV. So if you're going to do a movie, set your your number bar low because you're going to make it back on streaming. That's where the money is. And reportedly, there's a, they're still playing on, an event, on, a, on a second Eternals film, which I find shocking. Oh, God, why? <laughs> why? I mean, if they could wrap up any threads in some Marvel series like just dedicate a couple episodes to wrapping that up i don't care yeah. if they do it in wonder man or whatever let it die like i nobody ever liked the eternals i understand you thought you were going to do a guardians of the galaxy kind of thing where nobody cared about this team until these movies but it's so far away from a marvel superhero yeah right like it i just even the comic book form, what never felt like a Marvel thing. It felt like new gods. Yeah. And the other thing, you know, as even as an ensemble piece, you need to have somebody to be that center of it, which you have with Guardians with, with, with Star Lord. And there was no character like that that in, in Eternals that like audiences could really connect to. There was no no kind of hub to the to the series. Right, right. And then you find out the droids. Yeah. I mean, I went in expecting it to be either either Salma Hayek's character or Angelina Jolie's character, one is killed off Amelia, and the other one is an amnesiac for most of the film. Right. So you, you just don't have that connection there. I just remember the whole family watching it, going, "It kind of feels like work." Yeah, it did. It really did. This is, and this is our first time going through, so I'm full of the the adrenaline of possibilities. But okay, well, this is a long movie, huh? Okay, I'm never going to rewatch this. Okay. Yeah. And that's a shame because I, you know, in my mind, I'm going to rewatch every movie either on my own or if it's on TV and I happen to be flipping through, I always stop on a superhero movie. I'm, you're the same way, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Eternals are just like, oh, 
just, I don't care. And please know that you messed up and don't try and fix it with another movie. Yeah. Because look at, look at it this way. Even if it's an incredible movie, right? The world's going to go, oh, it's better than the first one, but they're never going to celebrate it the way that they want it to be celebrated. It's never going to be a new guardians kind of thing. It's going to be, all right, are we done now? Did you, is all the threads wrapped up? Okay, thanks. We can. Yeah, no, no, no one is excited for those characters to come back. Whereas with the Guardians, you want to see them guest star in the movies. You want to see them meet the Avengers. And it they had just, such great personalities. Yeah. Eternals just had no joy. Yeah. And like I said, the moment that you found out that they were robots, I went, oh, kill them. Kill them all. I don't care. It's that whole, well, what about Data? Or what about C-3PO? They're robots. I understand you have an affection for them. You think they're keen. But if it came down to it, pew, pew, if you had to. You know what I mean? There's that line about Data in in one of the best episodes of Star Trek. You know, a single Data is is a wonder and a marvel. You know, a bunch of Data is just another race. Yeah. You know, so if if a single robot trying to be human, that's a story. Yeah, revealing that they're all robots was just kind of a weird. Well, it doesn't really change anything. Right, right, and I I don't care what happens to you because you're not a real person. <laughs> the other the other rumor I'm hearing is that there will be a Deadpool three trailer appearing in the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl? That'd yeah. be great. I hope so. And it also might leak the casting for FF. Okay, because because. Mikey is all, you know, up on that stuff. And he's saying it's Pasquale. What, what the... Everyone's saying Pedro Pascal right now for Reed, which, yeah. which is the worst idea. I would rather they keep Krasinski. I think he was great. Me too. But, Me too. but I could also, I mean, pa- Pascal's old enough that he feels like Reed Richards to me. I know he, I know he can play somebody who's super smart. And, but, and he's, he's good looking, but not like in a male model way, which is right. good for Reed. So yeah, that, that, the, I'd, I'd be totally happy with Pascal. Me too. I wouldn't be, he's a good actor. You like him and everything yeah. you see. So, all right. Yeah. I, for that, all of what you said, I'd rather have Krasinski, of course, just cause I like him too, but yeah. we've already seen him in the role. Let him be the yeah. guy. And you know, all right, but if they get the other guy, that's fine too. Just let's get going. Let's get going on that, and let's get going on some freaking mutants for the love of God. Yeah. What are they waiting? I mean, during this time of you said one movie a year. Well, all right. How about we crank out an X Men show? Let's do that. I don't even care. You don't have to show all the X Men. Get a two or three of them, and let's build that world. That's the other half of Marvel that nobody's touching at the moment. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know what they're waiting for. Yeah, and it's, it's between that and and it's going to be a long run now before we get any new DC product. Apparently, Mikey had just texted me right as we were connecting. Uh, there's there's casting news for. I'm guessing Superman. Um, well, I know that they just cast Supergirl last week. Right, which and, I'm uh, either one they picked, I was fine with. I'm not familiar with the actress, but she looked right to me, so that's cool. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, and you know, the all the casting so far at Superman I've seen has been dead on. Dead so, on, yeah, beautiful. But I think the first thing to hit is Creature Commandos, and that's not until the like the fall, right? And that's an animated, that's animated, yeah. So it's gonna be hard to take that seriously, and I don't, I don't mean that in a negative way, I just mean. 
thinking the way the world does. You and I are thrilled because we're like, this this matters. This is connected. But the the layman will go animated. That must be for kids. I'm not going to bother, you know, and they're going to miss out. You know uh, what I mean? I, th- I think I think the gun involvement is going to help, certainly. Yeah. Definitely. But I also think that's, that's not the worst thing in the world is that if the first thing that comes from the new gun regime is a little under the radar. Sure. Sure. I, yeah, let it build, build Yeah, word of mouth, maybe. Yeah, let, let it get out there and surprise people. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Because I really want I really want the world to stop crapping on DC movies. Yeah. I didn't see the new Aquaman yet. I didn't either. And by the way, you didn't see it. I didn't see it. What does that tell you? It, it tells me a couple things. Uh, it tells me that DC didn't try. They just had to finish it and put it out. They never marketed it. We're like, holy crap. What comes out tomorrow? Aquaman? The new one? Oh, wait a minute. It's it's Christmas. I I don't have time to go see this. I want to see it in the theater. I don't have time. It's the holidays. You and know? All, my, my other thing was, the trailer just didn't show me anything new. Right. You oh, know? he's underwater. Look, he's yeah, angry. I love, I I love Black Manta. I mean, obviously, Black Manta is your only A list villain, but there's some other stuff you could use. Show me something new in there that always, you know, I gotta check that out. And it it just felt like a re, like, I mean, every sequel is gonna be something of a retread, but it really just felt like a like like deleted scenes kind of. And you know what they could have done, which would have been great. They could have used the 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 monsters from the trench, from Jeff Johns' run. Yeah, well, I mean, there was a time whenever the, that that whole trench business from the first film was going to get its own movie, right? And that fell by the wayside, along with, with with most with most DC projects lately. Yeah, and it's funny because everybody who did see it loved it. Everybody who actually went and saw Aquaman was like, "No, it's great." Even the critics were like, "No, this this is great." What's his face? His stepbrother there kind of steals the show. He gets a lot more. Screen time, Ocean Master. Yeah, yeah, no, Aquaman, the first one, I love the first one. Me too, me too. I again, there's very little of the DC stuff that I didn't like. Uh, I you know, because again, I'm looking to enjoy all this, I'm looking to love all of this, I'm looking to, to talk about it with you and go, Yay! So, for it to not be good would be crushing, it would be, would be Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> Mike, I just mentioned that. And again, I enjoyed it, but I can't argue that mistakes were made. Like there yeah. was there was moral issues of her, you know, being okay with with him, his spirit and somebody else's body. Yeah. Kind of, you know, there, there was there was mishandling Maxwell Lord. I didn't like much. Right. Right. Like, no, you could have done so much more with with yeah. that. And, and, and I don't understand why she showed up in armor to fly in with her. With her there, there, there's a lot of weird stuff in that film. It did, yeah. Right? But again, I was glad that it was made, except, wow, we kind of expected better from from the director, even. Yeah. No, I, I think that uh, everyone always talks about how uh, how the, uh, the, the DC regime was too controlling. I think this kind of shows that that's not always a bad thing. So there's, there needs to be somebody at least. It, it shows the lack of a Kevin Feige. It's a lack of somebody with a focus at the right, top. 
point. So I pray to God, Gunn is the guy. I pray that this, I'm looking for a day when you and I can laugh and say, remember way back when, when DC was known as a not great movie experience? Yeah. Uh, You know, I I, I would love that because it just, it breaks my heart. The way he used Starro in his Suicide Squad is what convinced me that he's the guy. Because Starro was such a Silver Age, goofy DC thing, and he used it, kept it true to what uh, what always made it good and scary, but also made it feel real and kind of poignant in places. Yep. And he it, it, it didn't make fun of it. It didn't right. do it. And that kind of goes for the way he used all those characters. I just I I hated that a lot of that movie because it was so juvenile. We talked about this. That whole. F and this and F and that and squish random deaths, you know, through the whole thing. Yeah. You can get away with a, a goofy death once or twice, but when you go, I'm a hero, splat. All right. That, that went, it happened too much. It was just that like. Was, that, that was Suicide Squad, though. I remember reading that comic. And every, right. every week it was. <laughs> they, they were dropping they people. And, and, they, and they, they didn't do it every five minutes like they did in that movie. You were going, okay. Like the it was the the one trick pony done too much thin it out a little let's have a death kind of mean something you know what I mean and, but I, even I, that I, I didn't mind as much as the the juvenile cursing through the whole freaking thing like interesting. what's interesting to me is I've been reading more and more of David Ayer's tweets about about his cut of the first Suicide Squad and. I don't know if that's ever going to see the light of day. I'm really curious how different his was. Right, me too. Because apparently, like all, all, all you know, that that movie, you could tell it came on very much in the shadow of Guardians, and so they kind of like pry barred in all that pop music. Yep. And it was like none of that was in my plan. Right. The, the, the his movie was entirely scored orchestrally, and dark. Yeah, and so I'm I'm really curious if we're going to see that because I just saw his new movie, The Beekeeper. Good beekeeper is great, okay. so much fun. But one of the best, just straight up action movies I've seen in a long time. Nice. I oh, want to, I want to beekeeper. Nobody team up now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's he's really great. good. Uh, I'll let you know when I see it. But, but, um, yeah, I mean, think about all what about this? We're in the world where they film stuff and never bother to show it, like. Batman being in the last Aquaman movie. Several Batman. Oh, it? <laughs> no, not just one Batman, my friend. Both Keaton was shot and Affleck was shot. To really? Yeah, they didn't use either one. See, that's so stupid to me. A, a movie is better with Batman. That's just a universal truth. A comic book is better typically with Batman. I mean, that's you know, it sells. Why would you take that out? Even if it's a post-credit scene, just do yeah. it. I think I read that either either um, Gal Gadot or um, or Cavill was in was, was shot as well. And they didn't use either of those. Best part, of, I mean, as much as I, I love the Flash, the best part was that we finally got the Justice League in the first ten minutes of the Flash that we should have had. And I thought I thought that was Affleck's best turn as Batman too. Me too. Me too. I'm like, this is great because it's showing him being Batman and not being a goofy guy. And they 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 took the gray out of his hair. Yeah. Let him be appropriate age. You're like, yeah, thank you. Let's onward and upward. Yeah. 
and then they take him out of Aquaman. What the? I I don't understand the people in charge of a lot of these projects. Like there's some things that are universal truths, whether you like them or not, and you keep keep the keep the candy in there for the kids to reach. Well, I mean, in this specific case with DC, the the problem I think is just exactly that. It was that revolving door of bosses that affected it affected all this. And also, I mean, I do think that I and it's going to come out more and more in time that the way Dwayne Johnson tried to kind of like wrangle control. What about that? That. And I think that really affected all these films. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to have everybody and everything, and they wanted to have, and they want the the fact that that we never had a Shazam Black Adam meetup is insane. Insane. If it didn't happen in the first movie, it should have been the second movie. Yeah, but no, there there was just it. All of a sudden, it became this this power struggle for control of that franchise, and and I think right now we would we would be looking at it. An entirely different slate of movies, both that have come out and are about to come out. If Black Adam had opened big, well, opened big, then then Johnson would have, would have actually just said he would have been the new fight. He would have taken over. They should not have let him have a word, have a yeah. say. Like again, like you said, they didn't have a Feige, so yeah. they're just like, I don't know, you are now in control. No, okay, now you and and. He sunk it because of his ego. Yeah. You weren't going to eat. He, what, took out Superman from that movie. Like, even that little bit that we saw of, of Superman showing up in the end. No, yeah, that, 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 that was actually, that was a, that was a, um, that was a Dwayne Johnson insistence. But they were supposed to be more from what I understand. I don't, I don't know. I, I had heard that, 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 that was so, because his wife is Cavill's agent. And they were going to use Cavill at all in that movie, Cav, Cav, because they the thinking the thinking was after the after the uh, the 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 um, Justice League was kind of like circling the drain. They were going to go with a whole new direction, and they didn't want Cavill at all anymore. And he they get Cavill back in there, thinking that by doing that post credit scene, it would secure Cavill for a, another film. And then the whole thing didn't go. I feel so bad for him. He's such a and nice Cavill, guy, and he's so good. And and he would have made a great Superman had he had good scripts. Right, right, right. I, uh, but, but at the same time, I agree with the let's start from scratch, James Gunn thing. Yeah, and but also let's start from scratch, but let's not spend too much time on world building and insisting that everything locked together. Let's right. just the stories we're telling, tell the stories, use the same actors for the sake of consistency. But not not come into this thinking the whole thing has to interlock exactly and make a gigantic eight film piece, right? Yeah. Let it happen organically because yeah. if you get a bunch of good movies, the audience is going to go okay now. Now yeah. you can do a Justice League. But, I mean, Marvel already Marvel already always had that plan, but it was it was more of a guideline than like a map. You know, when they started doing those, those first three, they didn't know. If Avengers would ever happen, and what was going to happen past that, they knew we want to go on to something big with Thanos. But it wasn't as if they had um, Endgame in line whenever they started making uh, Iron Man. You know, right. You got to well, give yourself room to work. What about even even the animated series? That excellent Avengers Earth Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Oh, the way that, that got you know, I know that's that's that series is fantastic, isn't it? And I'm, and again, showing the kids in order. Uh, we just started the second season. 
But again, you got to pick your moments because you're eating dinner. What are we watching, guys? And you got to pick. All right, we're watching Lost. We're watching Avengers. We're watching. Oh, we're watching Daredevil right now. But when we only have a half hour or so, I'll go, okay, pop one of those in. But they, they did the whole thing where you got an Iron Man story, a Cap story, a blah, 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 blah. And then they brought them together. And I'm like, you guys are gutsy. And thank God, because that worked beautifully. Yeah, and they slowly brought in all the Avengers, and in a way that felt organic. And give you know, when each when each judge comes in, they get that moment to shine, and you see how they work with the team. And if you notice in the opening credits, they slowly add them all to the opening credits. Do they? And like okay. at, at the beginning, whenever you see the the title flash, it's just the original five. And then when Hawkeye right. joins, all of a sudden he's there. And mm -hmm. then when Ms. Marvel joins, all of a sudden she's there. Okay, I'll, I'll look they, for that. They do it throughout. It's great because I've only seen or re-seen because I saw them originally, but watching them in order with the kids now, we saw Carol Danvers, but she wasn't Miss okay. Marvel yet. Yeah. So we just got to the beginning of the second season. So just past the just past the Asgardian stuff. Right, right. Where Doom shows up in the first episode. That's great too. Right. And you're like, holy crap, we're getting Doom. All right. And and they have oh by the way Here's the Fantastic Four. Boop, boop, boop. They don't yeah. spend time to go, let's introduce you to each one. They're like, no, no, no. Explain them. Exactly. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We're, yeah, we're explain, gonna, them you know. through, explain them through character, through dialogue, through Action. circumstance. Yeah, we don't we don't need exposition. Yeah, yeah. If, if they're playing poker, obviously they're friends. Okay, we get that now. And and so I'm I'm Mm, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to add any more to the pot, but I want to get through Avengers so then I could show them Spectacular Spider-Man. Spectacular Spider-Man is pretty great. It's the best. It's excellent. But you know what? I, and we've talked about this, I'm sure, but you know what still holds up? Because I bought, I had to buy Disney Plus because the Fire Stick was not giving us the new Doctor Who's. So I was like two weeks in without the new Doctor Who. And I'm like, it's not showing up. It's not showing up. Cindy goes, for eight bucks a month, I think we can own Disney Plus. I'm like, fine. So we caught up on our Doctor Who's. But one of the first things I did to check and see how I can use Disney Plus, I'm like, oh, they have, it's only the first season, but it's Spidey and his amazing friends. Yeah. That holds up. That gives me such the chills because of how great they use Spider-Man being Spider-Man. It's what... I did a deep dive on that during during the pandemic. Yes, you did. Every Saturday morning, I was just watching a curated Saturday morning from my childhood, and so I did a whole run through that entire for, through the. I think it's actually only like a season and a half of episodes. There's not that many. There's not, but the, yeah, I'm like, why don't you post the rest? But the the other thing is, how many cameos they packed into that, which nobody did back then, and how much they used the X Men. Yeah, yeah, they have Juggernaut without pants, yes. but he's still there. Well, it's a springtime, you yeah. know. Springtime joke or not. But um the it, and it's also it's the X, it's kind of the X-Men team that I wish we would have had longer of. We never did that where it's it's the new X-Men, but Warren Worthington is still there, which I always loved when Angel was on the team. And yet and sometimes Kitty Pride is there. And it yeah, it's it's that show. Sure, you got the silly ones like Video Man. Or or the swarm. Although even the swarm was a was a comic book villain. He I think it was in Champions. Yeah. So um, yeah, I love that series. Yeah, I have swarm is I have the um oh what the heck, 
in December, they took away the DC uh, video game on my phone. They just were like, yeah, we're packing it in. We're not doing this anymore. And they took it away. Well, now I got uh, Marvel Strike Force, which is basically, it's the same thing, only it's Marvel characters. It's the same game. Yeah. And Swarm is one of the characters that I got. Yes. And he looks cool and they use him in a good way. Like the idea of Swarm is great. Yeah. You're made of bees. Sentient bees in a cape. All right, let's go. All right. I mean, <laughs> right I'm allergic. Start. I'm allergic to bees, so that's terrifying <laughs> to me. You know. The other thing now on on Disney Plus is how much X Men content there is. Is there? They have most of the movies. Okay. I, think, I think. I think. I think as as they get X'd out, no pun intended, from other <laughs> they'll wind up on Disney Plus too. And then they have they have I think they have both the um. They have, they have the full Fox series, and they also have the Wolverine and the X-Men series that was also really good. That was really good. I watched that. I'm like, all right, this feels crisp. This feels yeah. – it's not spectacular Spider-Man or Avengers good, but it is probably the best X-Men cartoon I've seen. Yeah, I mean, I love I loved the, the 97 X-Men when, when it was out. I was watching it, the original Fox one. Right. But, if you could try and go back and watch it now, it's a little rickety in places. Oh, I know it. I knew it then. I, I had a hard time watching that Spider-Man and that X-Men. And I was like, all right, this feels like you're trying too hard to not do this for adults. You're doing it. You're over explaining stuff like a 60s Spider-Man comic. You're, you know, but I did love when they would team up. I'm like, oh, oh, Spider-Man and Wolverine are going to have a fight. Yeah. And the other thing with X Men, you know, the the in terms of like the plotting, they 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 really tried to follow the comics well. I think their adaptations of Phoenix and Dark Phoenix are all really good. Those those story arcs particularly held up great. The stuff that always and and now really comes across different is the quality of acting. Like the actors on Batman the animated series, you could take those actors to put them in the films. Yeah. And every every and everybody on the X Men series is yelling every single line. Yep. Every yep. I mean, they're literally like around the table, and Wolverine's like, "Pass the salt!" And he's like <laughs> screaming it, and uh-huh. everyone, every single line has has like three exclamation points. Yeah, and it's bub. Everything is bub. Bub. You know, and and, and oh, oh, anytime he can go Shh, with the claws. Yeah. Oh, is that a sausage? Oh, you don't like this? Look, like, come on, man! You don't have to do that. Stop it. <laughs> We get it. We get it. You know, I do think it's hilarious now that like people are so starved for Marvel movie and especially X Men movie content. They're zooming in on shots of like um, uh, of Hugh Jackman's new Wolverine uniform and noticing that the housings for his claws now look exactly like the ones in the comics, which they never had before. Yeah, I love that they finally put him in a freaking outfit, even though it doesn't need sleeves. They, well, they, they put sleeves on it, but. I think that's because Wolverine, Hugh Jackman is 50 now and doesn't want to have to work as hard. No, no. Have you seen the videos? He's working plenty hard. Yeah, but not like he wasn't. He 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 looks good for his age, don't get me wrong, but yeah. he's not like he wasn't in day, days of future past where he were it was he was insanely ripped. Yeah. I, I think this is a bit of like the same reason Drax has a shirt all the time on in Guardians 3, where Batista's like, man, I don't want to work out that hard. Can I have a shirt? Right. I'm probably big. I just I don't need to be that ripped 24-7. Well, what about uh what 
again, I'm partial, as you know, to Daredevil. And no matter what series they would put him in, they always got the voice wrong. Yeah. Like like in, in the Spider, the 97 Spider-Man animated show, he talks like this. Hello, Peter. Yeah. I'm it's Daredevil. <laughs> and, oh, no, I'll use my hear. Like, shut up. That doesn't. He doesn't have to sound like a kid, but he also shouldn't sound like he's 50 and trying to be Batman. No, like, Charlie Cox is the first guy to get it right. He really did. He really, yeah. really did. Yeah. I'm so, we are so pumped. We're, we, Mikey is showing me and we're swapping pictures back and forth during the day of, look at this, look at this picture of him in the outfit. Doesn't it look great? They're filming apparently the pilot right now because everybody is freaking out that he doesn't have the, the DD on his chest. Yeah. Me in particular. I've waited long enough. Why aren't they doing it? Yeah. Well, I think it'll happen during the season. I think what they're filming now is you know, here from what another rumor was they're going to have multiple outfits. Bullseye and him. Like it's a it's a you know, a, a progression of Yeah, that makes sense. We're starting where everybody knew. Yeah. But then it's going to. This and this and this. And so if you look at the new outfit, have you, you've seen pictures, right? Yeah. Before they would always put like dents and stuff where the DD would be. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be difficult to put the symbol there. Well, now it's one chest area plate where yeah. I'm like, oh, you're leaving that open. Yeah, that's. That's going to have the DD on there. I never really understood why a blind superhero would really need to have a big D on his chest, but I mean, that's just me. It's not for him. <laughs> it's for, it, actually, it's very easy. Uh, Potter there, who makes his outfits. Yeah, the, that, that's a fair point. That's a fair he's point. the one who said, I gave you horns and everything. I'm like, oh, okay, because you're the devil. Okay, yeah. So now he's going to go, I know you're Daredevil, so, you know, I put the DD on there. So, you know. If Captain America gets to always have that star on his chest, let yeah, Daredevil and Spider Man, Spider more to more to the point, the A on the head, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So give. I, him I would like it when he and Hawkeye would stand together and they'd say, "Ha!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny too because I think I told you last time. Years, I never knew why Hawkeye wore that outfit, and apparently he's supposed to look like a bird. Like it, was, it was it was initially more feathery. That it, got toned down pretty fast. You know what I mean? Like even the mask, though. I'm like, why does he have like a Wolverine kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, it's supposed to be a hawk. Yeah. Woo. Okay. I, I also bought the idea more that that it's more of it's a circus performer's outfit. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's it's supposed to be big and colorful, and you can see it from the background. However, I do like the uh, the newer one with just the t-shirt and the purple. Uh, I, I want I want the H on the head. I know, I know you do. I know you're partial. But it's better than a 70s one that was basically like he was in a Shakespeare play. Yes. No, that was the Greek. The Greek college. Yeah, he's got like a toga and, and the cross straps. Who approved this? What are you doing? You don't even look like a superhero now. Right? <laughs> at, least before, at least before you were stealing clothes from Hank Pym, where'd you get those? Seriously. And you looked in the mirror and went, yep, time to fight some crime. All the Hank Pym clothes were outgrew them. So, all right, well, over Hercules locker, what's he got? There we go. <laughs> Lovely. 
yeah. Oh, um, weird period. I, I, but you know, as far as practical goes for the movies and stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm glad they went with the aha. I think is that how you say the artist's name? Is oh, yeah, uh, David Aja, yeah, Aja, yeah, okay. I love his art so much, and that that series. I have to. I have to. Oh, no, no. It, it makes it makes perfect sense for the series, right? And, and as far as like a practical cinematic universe, that I'd like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, mask aside, I thought the costume they had him wearing in Avengers Two was kind of like the best compromise between what they did in the movies, but still, it looked like his tunic and it had the it had the the, the cross hatches with the arrowheads. It was a, it was a really good mix. I, I did, yeah. There hasn't been a, there has not been a, a Hawkeye costume that I've hated yet. So true, true. Yeah. So, what about him? He, uh, Renner says he's all right. I'm ready to do more. Great. That, that, that guy's a freaking superhero. I'm telling you, God bless him. I remember somebody saying, "Oh, well, you know, uh, he was in really good shape before." I mean, it crushed his head like a grape. Yeah, his and pops out. Half, oh, half his body was flat. Dude, I don't care how much you worked out. It doesn't help you with that. I'm amazed he's doing the way he's doing. I didn't know his eye popped out. Yeah. Just grim. It's I, I can't believe he's walking around, let alone doing the stuff he's doing. Did you see the commercial of him dancing around? Yeah. I'm like, good for you. Good he's, for you. he's filming a third series of his TV show, too. So, yeah. let's let, All right, Hawkeye season two. Let's go. Let's, let's I mean, get going. When he made the movie Tag, he broke both his arms, and then they and they just CG'd him throughout the movie. I'm sure they can get him Hawkeye back. Right, yeah. right, right. And now you have a, a, a sidekick to do yeah. a lot of the work for you. Yeah. And the, the more the, the more movies she's in, the better. Yeah, yeah, she was great. We just um, we think, yeah, uh, like you. I rewatched it for the holidays. Yeah, it's, it's a great Christmas special. It I love. Really it Really is. The yeah. first episode alone makes me go, oh, I want Chinese in New York City now. <laughs> Are you right? Like, I want to go there, and I can taste it, and oh, it gets me all, like, mm, Christmas. Well, I just I just built my Avengers Tower Lego set. Yep. I still have something about that today. It has the plaque at the bottom that he goes to that says, yeah. that on, the, on this spot, the Avengers saved New York, and with all their names on it. Wow. That's detailed. Oh, that's pretty cool. How long did that take you to put together? Well, it's hard to say because I I did it like over the course of like about three weeks, like like, like, like just an hour here and there. Sure. So, but it's it's it was just, it's the biggest it's the biggest set I've ever built. It's substantial. You don't have any pets, right? No, there's there's nobody here that can knock this over but me. Not even <laughs> knocking it over. I if if I had that, I'd have to build it upstairs where the dog couldn't be because the dog would go, "Hey, what's that?" and eat a yeah. piece, and I'd be like, "Oh, you son of a bitch." I haven't moved it back to my library yet, which is going to be a trial. So I, <laughs> I just finished it. So it's going to be a very precarious move. Oh, man. Yeah, I love when you send me pictures of that stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't have the time or the or the place to put it, let alone the money to own it. But to, to live it vicariously through you, I'm like, oh, that's good stuff right there. Apparently, this year's big Marvel set like this is going to be uh, Xavier's Mansion. Oh, so in. I'm oh, so man. Uh, and then they'll do Avengers Mansion. I'd I don't know if they do Avengers Mansion just because most people think Tower these days. 
You know, I think I think Avengers Mansion is just for us old fogies, unfortunately. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Another reason that I love Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Avengers Mansion was in there. What was that? That's why I love the Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon so much. It right. had old school Avengers Mansion. That's true. That's I want true. a table with a big A on it. Let's go. <laughs> the the rumor is too that Fisk is going to buy Avengers Tower. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, I mean, and apparently he's going to be like the Earthbound Thanos, meaning he's going to show up in multiple things. Yeah. If I mean getting D'Onofrio in as many movies as possible is is a, always a good idea, right? And I guess they're, they're, again it's rumor, but he puts together his own team, whether that's the Thunderbolts or even forming the Sinister Six and getting like you know there, I don't know what movie this would be in. It could be Secret uh, uh, Secret War for all I know. But it, I think at one point there was talk of introducing Norman Osborn to the MCU and having him kind of fill that role. And then that would let them do like the Dark Avengers stuff where he put together right. his own Well, apparently that's what Thunderbolts is, is Dark Avengers with, with possibly Kingpin going, you are fighting the good fight. Go stop those, you know, blah, 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 Trump talk. Those are the bad guys, not me yeah. on the thing. Um, cause I, I, if that's true, great. I love it. It makes sense. And also like, uh, apparently the Hulk movie is going to be a multi-hero kind of. Well, I mean, my understanding is they still can't make a Hulk movie independently because of the universal deal. Oh yeah. I, from what I heard, it was they're they're going to do world. They're calling it world war Hulk. Only because one, it's a title that you and I know, and two, it's our world dealing with whatever, and the Hulk is there doing. You know, they've been doing so good uh, with with Hulk as far as just using him in other people's films. I, I, I it's I would be very precarious about about giving Hulk any sort of starring film. Let me ask you this, because I have a, an opinion, but I'm dying to hear what you think. Do you want the Hulk to go back to being savage? Um, I think eventually it kind of has to happen just because it's going to be a good story point. But I don't think they should rush into it. I think, I think the um the and also it, it gives Ruffalo so much more to do and more interesting stuff to do because mm -hmm. you you can use an intelligent Hulk in so many more stories than you can if he's just stupid. I don't like the gray in the hair because it's aging him. I think when you become the Hulk, you should just have green hair or black, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and okay, yeah, I like you know. To, to I mean, but I, I think that what they should absolutely do is, over the course of like four or five appearances, show him struggling to keep it and build to it. As long as you build to it properly, then yeah. But don't just go back and forth like that. Right? No, no, I mean, not back and forth. I mean, C banner really stop, really struggling to stay in control. Like, let that be your World War Hulk plot. Yeah. Him him struggling to, to maintain his humanity and then just and go. Because I love the idea of him being like, basically, they'd even have him walk like a gorilla. Yeah. You know what I mean? That whole, I, I'm just full of rage and I'm looking to smash something. And you're my friend, so I'll kind of listen to you. But I'm, tell me tell me what to hit and I'll hit it. Okay. And then like, go and do it. There's that great moment in the classic first Secret Wars comic whenever Doom has dropped the mountain range on them. Yeah. Just the Hulk holding it up. And Reed Richards 
wisely starts giving Hulk the business about how he can't do it to get him angry so he can stay strong enough to hold up. And but the more you do that, the more you risk him being able to lose control permanently. Yeah. We'll do that over the course of a bunch of movies. Uh, I agree. I agree. And, and boy, I, I, I trust them. They, they really, Marvel hasn't really let me down where I, I don't have faith in them other than those, the Eternals and the secret uh, invasion thing. And even that wasn't God awful. It just love, love and thunder. <laughs> love and thunder. <laughs> See, I like I love and thunder. Uh, I mean, there, granted, I, I I didn't need it. You know what I mean? It wasn't the movie I was going. Why aren't we getting another Thor movie? That we got it, and I went, oh. It was oh. Just, it was just too silly by half for me. Well, that's the thing. They 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 did do some so a little too much of the silly but, yeah i mean with the the the, the whole the whole yeah the, the 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 long flashback to their relationship was way too silly and the the the, the business with the hammer kind of falling around was a little too a little too muppety for me i don't know yeah 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 agreed but again i, I just kind of looked like all right it's a bonus thor movie that i didn't know we were getting yeah okay and it kind of it they had to do it because they left him with the guardians and if Guardians is going to wrap up. Where does Thor go? Yeah, you got to you got to get him. Although, I mean, they still kind of left him entirely off the planet because he, now he's like off off in space with 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 the girl. So he's got a happy ending. So if we never see him again, I'm fine with that. But he did get an ending. Yeah, with with an open door if you want it. Oh yeah, no, no, I mean, I've always thought that the 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 plan for the, the those two Avengers movies is the first Avenger movie is going to be all the new the new Avengers, everyone they've built up. And then the second one will be bringing back as many of the classics as you can for the big for the big fight. And that's that's when you bring Thor back. That's when you get Hawkeye back. And that's when maybe if you do some some um, some multiverse shenanigans, you manage to convince Downey and Evans to come back for a movie or recast them. As much as I, I'd rather have my original guys back. If they're not going to come back, guess what? It's it's a multi universe movie, right? You know, at the end of a poof, you didn't know they were gone because these have always been your Captain America and your Iron Man. We should have, like, that even opens up so many doors for the next wave of stuff where Iron Man's daughter knows that's not her dad and has to deal with that. And, you know, all of that is just great. And I, by the way, I, what happened to Ironheart? That was supposed to be a TV show. Right. And I think it was filmed. Same thing with, um, um, Iron Wars. Well, that one apparently got pushed pushed back to being on the movie stage. I heard that too. Yeah, I yeah. hope so because I think I think uh, uh, I love that Armor Wars storyline, and I think doing it with Cheadle feeling guilty for for taking care of Tony's work works just as well as Tony. Agreed. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I went back and looked at it uh, closely with Secret Invasion. I was really upset at what point did uh, did the supposedly spoiler alert. In Secret Invasion, you find out that Rhodey's a scroll. Right. When? When did that happen? Well, I didn't lose because uh, Rhodey has so much good stuff in Endgame. I don't want to lose any of that. And well, they didn't. They established it could have been that it was more after Endgame, which is fine by me. Right. And that's and that's the big debate that they should have dove into. Like, wait a minute, they're pulling him from the pod. He ain't walking on his own. Yeah. So he never got the replacement 
parts or whatever. Well, I think with Rhodey, it's always just uh, uh, something he wears. It's not. It's he. He can't. He can't walk around without the armor or the right. brace. Yeah, right. but the it fact- looks like he never got those braces. Yeah. Like, well, he just needs to put them on. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I do think that they've established it as not being something that's attached to his body, but something he wears as an application. But but as, as long as he comes out of the pod with the injury, that means it's good at least through Civil War. But I, I just want to keep all that great roadie stuff in Endgame. Right. Right. Me too. Like his next appearance was in Cap and Winter Soldier. Yep. Yep. That wasn't be a scroll. That was just fine. I don't care about that. From that point right. on, scrolled up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and it would it oh, it gets you excited. That's that's what I'm saying. Focus on that part now. That you you that last episode created a new question that you should explore. Mm-hmm. When did he become the scroll? And oh crap, what how's he gonna deal with what he's missed? Yeah. I mean that's oh ho ho ho. I'm so excited. Yeah. The 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 other debate is the rumor is oh, I really hope this isn't true. In this new Daredevil. In the first episode, they either killed Karen, or Foggy, or both. That would be that would be a mistake. Thank you. What, you. what do you gain from it? Well, <laughs> Punisher is going to be in this, so if they kill Karen, he was tight with her, so that could be a reason for him to come back to New York and seek vengeance. But don't. I mean. First of all, I don't want either one to die. But if one has to die, it better not be Foggy. Foggy is Matt's right hand. Yeah, and it's, it's it's the cheapest kind of drama. Yeah, you know, uh, killing off a beloved character out of nowhere, and especially early on in that season. Yeah, right. And that was what that was what set me off about Secret Invasion. I didn't like the way they got rid of Maria Hill. Wow, wasn't that shocking? I'm like, oh. Is that true? Is she, yeah. is she and, then, and then nothing really came of it. It didn't. It didn't feel like it had any impact afterwards. No, he was sad for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you got to see a sad Nick Fury. Yeah. So. Okay. But yeah, uh, the, from again, it's all rumor and hearsay. But they're like filming a version where each of them or both of them dies, and they're just kind of like not telling anybody. But boy, the 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 whole reason they scrapped the first bunch of the first try at this season was because they had started the, the, the thing was they were going to start the season with Matt retired from daredevil after both of them got killed off screen. So you never even get to see it. They just go, Oh, your friends are dead. Huh? Sucks for you. Yeah. I'm not daredevil anymore. And they were going to go four episodes before he even puts the suit on. Uh, no, it's no good. Right. And thank God, uh, I think they were saying like Feige again wasn't at the helm when they were doing those because he was dealing with the Sony people. Came in to say, "Let's see what you guys got." Watch what they had and said, "Oh no, no, no." I'm never one for micromanaging, but maybe a little more micromanaging, you know? Well, I don't read some scripts, mayhap. Right, right. I mean, you're the guy. You're the Marvel. Never should have gotten that far. Right. To the fact that they went, take the majority of this and flush it. Like, yeah, that's crazy. And they were going to have the Punisher be there because 
vigilante cops were starting to wear his symbol and he didn't like it. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. But you already ruined the series when you said that you killed Foggy and Karen off right, screen. Exactly. I pray yeah. to God they don't do that. Nah, and that's, I mean, the, 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 unfortunately, that's a real life storyline. Oh, with Karen, absolutely. No, no, I mean, I mean, the whole business about cops using the punisher oh. symbol, girl not liking it. Right. Leave that, leave that in the real headlines. You know, I mean, I, I, that's why the, uh, the current Marvel Punisher no longer wears a skull. Is that Marvel's yeah. rack? I know. Which, I don't really agree with that either, but Ugh. making it a plot line in the show, I think, uh, kind of, I don't know, it, it minimizes how disturbing that real story is. Right. You know, right. That, that real life police are like, you know, are, are, are taking the mask out of a vigilante. People don't get that Punisher is not a hero. And that's the point. They, they, they really need to, to go. Don't forget this guy's a scumbag. He, he may yeah. be killing other scumbags, but Tony Soprano was not a good man either. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with a series <clears> about <throat> a hero. But just know who it is you're talking about. Understand that. Right, right, right. Punisher is not Captain America. They're not yeah. interchangeable. Yeah. Of course, that, it reminds me of when I try and explain comics to a non-comic, like, let's say, my parents' generation. Oh, Batman, does he fly? Because he's a bat? Yeah. To this day, I'm like, you know, and I remember being a little kid and going, no. And, but at the time when you're a kid, you're like, no, but let me tell you what Batman is. And I'm so excited to tell you. Then you get older and you go, oh, you don't really care. You don't want to yeah. be educated. <laughs> I do enjoy the flip side of that. Like, you know, I go places now and I see, you know, muggles out in the world wearing their Hank Pym T-shirt or, yeah. their, or, their, or their Hawkeye hoodie or, and women wearing their, their Scarlet Witch outfits. And it's not just because it looks cool. They know the mythos now. They, they know exactly. the and they dig it. I love that. Uh, unfortunately, it's only because of the movies. They don't bother to pick up a comic book. Well, that, but I mean, that, one step at a time. I'll take oh, it. Right, right, right. I agree. <laughs> I, I uh, yeah. I try to remind myself of what you just said. It's much better than it was. The yeah. fact that Daredevil is a household name, I love that. I yeah. have wanted that my entire life since I read that that team up issue. I think I showed you pictures. I finally bought like the physical copy yeah. because I, I couldn't comicology hasn't uploaded it on there. It's like missing five to 10 issues right in the middle of the Marvel team up. And of course it has to be one twenty three, the one that introduced me to daredevil. So I'm like, you know what? I found it cheap enough. It's more than a typical comic, but I'm like, can I? She's like, yeah. So I have it, and I still have it in the cardboard. When I'm not reading it, I put it back in the cardboard that it came in, keep it flat and protected, you know. But well, I mean, I'll, I'll be every year. Usually, I try and be at uh, Disneyland for Halloween, and I'll be just be sitting on a bench watching. That's the one day year where you can wear a costume at Disneyland, and I'll be sitting on a bench watching kids and their parents go by, and it's like. Scarlet Witch, yeah, Ant Man, yeah, Loki, Captain Marvel. I never thought I'd see that as a kid. It's and, don't you, and don't you want to stop every single one and go oh, 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 and stop? I want to, oh, it's what's great. your story, right? 
It's so cool. And like, you no, know, you'll see him over at Avengers campus and the little girls are lined up to meet uh, Scarlet Witch or, or Captain Marvel. And, and they've got like, the, they've got the, the mouse ears that have the Wanda crown on it. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty <laughs> oh, great. I love that. So I see. Yeah. That gives me, give, gives me hope for humanity when that's becoming more mainstream. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm so pumped for Daredevil. We're seeing new pictures. They they posted a picture today of uh, Charlie Cox in out in his uniform, standing on a fire escape with his his one foot up on the railing, yeah. and, oh. and it looks like that cover from Endless's yeah. Run. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey has it as like a a, a small plaque on his wall. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that is what he's doing. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but yay. No, that's, pre that's pretty hip. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me about the books you were going to talk about. Yeah, I've been I've been doing like a deep dive lately on a whole bunch of vintage stuff. Uh, I've been going back and doing, doing some more writing for the 13th Dimension. I, every week there I, I do two columns. One where we look at the new releases for the week. And one where we look at new releases historically from a year in the past of that week. Right. What I've been doing more and more of is letting those things kind of lead me back to things I need to reread. Okay. Do a deep dive into the Grant Morrison JLA run. Oh, that, when that I haven't read probably for like fifteen years. It it's amazing how well it holds up. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's the last time somebody really came into JLA with like a concept and. Um, a real plan that went somewhere and Morrison, it's kind of, I mean, I love Morrison stuff, but sometimes he can go too far out for me where I, I lose interest. Like I, I never really clicked with the, with the, the invisibles. Okay. You know, but uh, like his animal man run, I love his I, I read the first volume, by the way, of animal man. What'd you think? It's great. The last one is with Wiley Coyote. That last yeah, issue of that one. That Coyote story will break your heart. I know. You're like, oh, you poor son of a babe. Uh, Wiley Coyote died for all our sins. <laughs> I know, right? But I'm like, oh, here we go. This is Grant Morrison. There we go. It's, it's yeah. trippy. But, it's weird. But with this run, it's like he's trying to, to do his Grant Morrison thing, which is be out there and cosmic, but still keep it in the Silver Age bracket. Mm hmm so it's like it's like he'll pack it in with like four or five plot lines that most comics would just do one of, and it just moves so fast and then keeps you running with it. It's great. Well, I, that one I've been really, really digging. I bought them all digitally again uh, up until because at one point, and this is what I noticed with Grant Morrison, if he starts off strong, it's amazing, but at one point it veers a little too hard to the left, and now you're like, ah, this doesn't feel like what you're now. You're just doing, yeah. And in JLA, that didn't really happen. In JLA, he stayed pretty, he stayed pretty with it. Pretty well, good. see, the last one was Rock of Ages, right? Was that his last? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're right. So up until Rock of Ages, it's excellent. Yeah. And in the middle, there's that bit where it was the DC 1 million. That was surprisingly great. Yeah, it was the one time they took one of their big summer crossovers and they just gave it to Morrison and said, run with it. And yeah. it's, it's and I had forgotten like some of them. He does again big cosmic ideas, but it's also kind of saturated with not just Silver Age stuff, but also recent. I had forgotten that he uses Blue Beetle really well, Ted Cord, as yeah. kind of like this adjunct member. And there is there is this storyline where Vandal Savage 
has gotten his hands on like four rocket red armors. Okay. He plans to use as weapons of mass destruction. And so that the Justice can't shoot them down, he kidnaps Teen Titans and puts them inside the armors and fires them off like missiles. Oh, jeez. So like Aqualad and Kid Flat, Aqualad, Speedy, Supergirl, and Jesse Quick are trapped in these armors, which are being used as missiles. That one blows up Uruguay. Wow. It's I like, don't remember that. It's it's really good stuff. I uh 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 you're talking about that. Oh, one of my favorite comic book runs, which I wish they would collect because I want to get it digitally. Maybe I could buy them issue by issue, but Our Man. Oh, the 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 uh the Rags Morales was the artist. That was a great one. And Snapper Carr. They yeah. made Snapper Carr interesting. I always hated him. Yeah. Well that, that all kicked off right out of DC one million. And right. JSA, that was a great run. It was so great, and I missed that character because he was an android. Yeah, and, and they they made him so. They they played with time travel and oh, the whole thing just. I was so excited every month when that came yeah, out. Eventually, in that run, they brought back Rex Tyler as one of my favorite characters. Yes, I love Rex. Love Rex. Yeah. So right? that 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 but JLA big. I found this on eBay, which was a miracle. DC Marvel crossover classics, the first trade. I have three or four of them. This 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 one trade has yeah. both Superman Spider-Mans. Yep. And it has the Batman Hulk, which is yep. so hard to find. Amazing. And X-Men Titans. Yep. I have it. It's it's if it's not right here, it's upstairs. Yeah. It's long out of print, and you and they they it's never gonna come back in the print. I tried to get like the big treasury editions of the Manishtoy, they're all crazy pricey now. Uh-huh. When it's, I when I first I got the Titan uh, yeah. X Men crossover, the, yeah. but from behind the counter, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm like, I want that, and they're like, all right, it's a little pricey. I'm like, whatever. Now I think back, I'm like, what were you doing? I mean, the when I was a kid, I had the second Superman Spider Man one and the Batman Hulk, but only as like pocketbook size. Okay, not so I've so I never had just to read these at like full size, and that Batman Hulk one. All the art is Garcia Lopez. Yep. One of the few times you get like a big long story from him. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. His art's always fantastic. Yeah. So that, that was that was a crazy find. Well, what about what about the second Superman Spider-Man? I liked even more than the first one I because do. I do. right? Right? Because you get Wonder Woman, you get Doctor Doom in it, and, yeah. and, and he goes to punch Superman, and Superman's like, all right, cut the crap. Yeah, what do you got? <laughs> right? Like yeah. I thought. They went deeper into into more characters and the parasites in there. I'm like, why? Why does that? This, right? This should have gotten more press. Yeah, I think with that first one, I think they were just all kind of so shocked with the idea that they were getting to do it at all. Mm-hmm. And then when they got a chance to take the second bite of the apple, it's like, all right, now we're gonna do a deep dive. Right, and and they switched like offices. Peter went to the Daily Planet, and you know, and I'm like, this is great. Peter Parker's amazed that a boss will treat him well because Prairie White's actually paying him what he's worth. And, and and I love that they didn't go, oh, we're not part of the same world. They go, no, we're part of the same world. We just haven't been in each other's town. That's the same. They, they handle it on all four of these. And I, it, every one of those is great. I love that in X-Men Titans. Yep. Yep. And, I, and when I got when I got X-Men Titans, I didn't know who all the characters were. That's that's how how naive I was when I was first getting into comics. Yeah, well, that, I think that was that was part of my, one of my first exposure to the new X Men was X Men Titans. Okay, so they got Titans, but not the X Men. 
And Deathstroke, I didn't really know who he was. Yeah. I'm like, okay, all right, yeah. I, I, and, and come to think of it, I hadn't read Dark Phoenix yet, so it, oh. it, it was kind of lost on me how important that was bringing her back like that. And then after I read Dark Phoenix and I went back to read it, I was like, oh, this is like tearing Scott Summers' heart out. Yeah. Stuff. I'm telling yeah. you. So that that one has been fantastic. Um, I, I discovered this through Facebook. I keep seeing people posting panels of it. It was first a one-shot and then a miniseries, Mary Jane Black Cat. Oh, I vaguely remember that. It was kind of cartoony the way that they drew it. It's it, well, it's very it's very kind of good girl art. I mean, they get it's like a J. Scott Campbell cover. Um, okay, I was thinking like a, a Bruce Tim kind of thing. I think I think that might have been a variant cover. Okay, but, but yeah, the, the, the storylines right the, in the first one, uh, uh, Spider Man's in the hospital, but after a big fight, and so both Mary Jane and Black Cat are keeping an eye on him, not because. They think someone's gonna hurt him, but because he won't stay in the hospital and get better, so they're both <laughs> trying to keep him there. And then there's there's a the whole storyline involved from that. And then the second one is very much based on '80s comics. It's got remember CM and Belasco from X Men comics, from the, the the demon guys from Limbo. Vaguely, yeah. They're, when they're, when that turned in X Men comics in the in like the late '80s, when you were Colossus's little sister goes there and then comes back as a teenager. Okay. Bad guys from that, and that's who they have in this. In this, of all things, Mary Jane and Black Cat team up, really fun, good character building between the two characters. I, both of those are highly recommended. Who wrote it? Uh, got Jed McKay, who I haven't, I haven't seen much of his work before. Okay, the name's familiar to me. Yeah, so that, that the get the first one shot first. That that one is more fun. Okay, uh, okay. so that, that's been great. Have you seen the Penguin editions? Of Captain America, Spider Man, uh, you can get them at Barnes and Noble. What do you mean? Of what? what is it a team? Oh, what? No, no. It, here's 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 like the Avengers one. Oh, it, it's a curated academic collection of some of the best Avengers comics from the beginning to about the '60s, and so you get like, um, it, I mean, it's majority comics. Sure. You also, you also get academic essays and discussion and. They're really well. The, the production is beautiful on the books, and on Amazon they're dirt cheap. Like list price is fifty. I got these for like thirty five on Amazon. Wow! And they've done they've done six so far. There is a Cap, Spidey, and Black Panther, and now an Avengers FF and X Men. Huh? If you want like a really good kind of like give somebody great Avengers comics, give somebody right. great Ditko Spidey, it's a perfect. A oh perfect yeah, That's, I I appreciate when they do that kind of yeah. thing. Especially the extra stuff like it's a. I'll get a DVD if it has bonus stuff on it. Like yeah. that, you know what I mean? Because that's what I, I can watch the movie anytime on a fire stick, but give me the bonus, the the chit chat extra bio, or you know, when they go, let's talk about Daredevil for an hour with different creators. Like I love that. Or or and and unfortunately you don't see it as much anymore. I love that commentary track. They don't do that anymore. Not as much because there's not there's not as much there's not as much DVDs going to or Blu-rays being sold, so it's not something they want to pay for. Wow, because that's that that's the only reason I would want to buy those. Yeah. Like no. I mean, the the Nicholas Meyer commentary track on Star Trek Two on Wrath of Khan. Yeah, it's like film school. It's mm -hmm. a it's 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 a a fantastic seminar on storytelling. I that's probably my favorite commentary ever. Hi, you gotta check that one out. All right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I again, I love that deep. Well, 
you know, of course, because of the whole Star Trek Doctor Who thing. I love when you get into the guts of something. And if you give me the purest form, I'm like, all right, I wasn't interested before, but now I am. George Lucas's commentary tracks on the prequels are also really enjoyable. Yeah? Yeah, check those out. I will. Huh. So another recent eBay pickup. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. DC Comics presents annual number one. This is pre-crisis. It's Superman teaming up with the Earth 2 Superman, but it's the only time both Luthors are in a comic. Oh, that's cool. Uh, somehow I'm, and you know, and if you remember, there's that great scene in Crisis where like all the villains are together and the Earth 2 40s Luthor with his big red hair. And he's like, and he's pointing at, at, at Earth 1 Luthor who's in the big green armored suit. And Redhead was like, this guy's a clown. You don't need him. And I think it was Brainiac. And Brainiac's like, mm, you're right. We don't need two Luthors. And just vaporizes Earth 2 Luthor. And that's it for him. Wow. Yes. So this is like the only appearance of the two of them together. That's cool. Apparently whether Earth 2 Luthor got that grudge. <laughs> I, I would guess so. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I've been going back and uh, rereading, re because I've been buying them digitally, my first, you know, Kurt Swan, uh, like Superman issues or like uh, the DC version of a team up, the world's finest kind of thing. Yeah, the, the DC Comics Presents, the Superman one? Yeah, exactly. And the one I, I read, I hadn't read it since I was a kid, with him, I think it's the first one, him and He-Man he teaming up. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Right. And they hadn't quite fleshed out who He-Man was yet. Yeah. And, you know, he's because they kind of have him like being a barbarian or, you know, or everything is all mystical. They didn't find their balance yet. And they didn't know quite who was going to be the good guys, who was going to be the bad guys. So I read that. And then I read like a, a, a great one. I don't know if it was it was like a 50th issue or something where Clark Kent and Superman team up together. There was some sort of rock. <laughs> that, that, that smells like red kryptonite to me. It, no, and it wasn't though, believe it or not. It wasn't it wasn't a kryptonite thing. It was a um, a wish rock or something that they found. <laughs> right. and, and somebody some other planet had it and they were making it work. And somehow Superman was moving the planet at that time and said, Boy, I'm so busy. I wish I were two people. I heard, now I remember that. Right? Yeah. And then they go, wait a minute. So now all of a sudden you have Clark Kent going, wait a minute. Why are you always in love with Superman? And there goes Superman flying. He goes, oh, that guy. And, you know, they get kind of snippy at each other. And and it's a heck, again, I read it as a kid not knowing anything except, oh, this is kind of cool. And not caring about the the why of it, just the fact that it was happening. Well, now reading it as an adult, it's not as smooth as the writing today. It's not as you know mature as the writing today. They overexplain everything. It's always Superman thinking, and you know, if only, and what can I do? Like he's thinking out loud, kind of stuff. Yeah, very much like the Spider-Man books used to yeah. be. And in the end, they're like, I guess we'll have to, we'll have to, as much as I enjoy this. One does need the other, and in the <laughs> end, somehow they become one person again. But I'm thinking at the same time, you know, Superman, that really gave you credibility to hide your secret identity because now people have seen you too. 
Yeah. Right? Get as much footage of that as possible. Honest to God, it's like getting Martian Manhunter to be Clark Kent for a while. Especially because I think at the time, Clark Kent was a news anchor, not a reporter. He was yes, like, he was. Yeah. I'll be back. I'll be back for the six o'clock thing. I have to go uh, do something. And he'd run off, you know. Isn't that funny? You're right, because they ditched the whole newspaper thing. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was part of the big change in the 70s. That, that was when he brought in Morgan Edge, too, where Edge, Edge bought up the planet and he owned WGBS. Which, by the way, makes no sense. It's like if somebody bought the the the, the Washington Times and decided to put Woodward and Bernstein on the Daily News. Right, right, right. Oh, your reporters? It's not like great TV. <laughs> you know, but yeah. yeah, it brought back some memories. Then there's the one I think Kurt Swan drew it, where the guy has a a grudge against Superman, and he gets like a. a Basically, a, a big yellow belt with a round center that when he puts it on, he becomes invulnerable. <laughs> and he starts fighting Superman. And it's Superman it. <laughs> through most of, the epi- uh, most of the issue going, hey, that actually hurts. Wham. All right, stop it. You know, and then by the end of the issue, he goes, you know, I bet you that belt has something to do with that. I'm just going to fly real quick and swipe it off him. The end. <laughs> I mean, because the thing is big and bulky and gaudy, it doesn't look like it's going to hold your pants up. So you're kind of telegraphing what your your power is, yeah. and so he just goes, "All right, swoop." You know, here at WonderCon and at Comic Con, I, I I focused on getting just a big old stack of '70s Superman because okay. I had a few when I was a kid, but not not that many, and there's so many I haven't read. And I'm still working my way through that stack. It's it's just great, goofy Silver Age stuff. One of the ones I have to read is, and this blew my mind as a kid. It's Superman, elongated man who I didn't know. I'm like, why is he not Plastic Man? <laughs> um, and Robin team up. I'm like, wait a minute, Robin by himself? <laughs> Batman's not around. I gotta read, and he's teaming up with Superman. And- that was that was in DC Comics Presents. I love DC Comics Presents. Yeah, yeah, and and I remember as a kid, I'm like, oh, mind blowing. And they're going to the circus. Wait, Dick Grayson grew up in the circus. Oh, this is personal. No, 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 all all of the the 70s would lean into the team up books, which I absolutely loved. Another one, I just I just got one of the epic collections. Of Marvel two and one, where it's all things thing team up stories. I got I got crazy. a couple that had Daredevil in it because yes. of Daredevil. But yeah, yeah, I agree. They are, fu- you know, and and that's the thing. Tynan, when I met him at a con, he was doing Detective Comics at the time, and he was giving us a Bat Family book. And I said, I am so glad you're doing that one. You're giving us a Bat Family book, a group dynamic. Two, you're focusing on Tim Drake like nobody has in too long. And he goes, yeah, that's 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 my goal. That's what I'm trying to do. And so far, they're letting me. And I was, I loved his run doing that because it felt like it's an obvious thing, especially if you have great characters that aren't doing well in their own solo titles. Like, put them in a team. Yeah. You know, get like, I haven't read it yet. Uh, the new Outsiders with Batwing. Yeah. 
I love Bat. I love the Batwing outfit. I love the whole idea. He's Batman adjacent, but he's not just copying Batman. He's yeah. like an Iron Man kind of. Go ahead, do that. Go ahead. Oh, Batwoman, who we haven't seen in forever. Good, put her in the team. Yeah, let's get. You know, I it, it baffles me that Marvel, DC, either one. Why don't you do more? Well, for one thing, and, and you're seeing this more in Marvel, especially, there's too much trying too hard to match what's on the screen. Yes. And that's why the, no matter what they do with Avengers, it's always kind of some variation of the MCU Avengers. And so there's all these great, like, supporting Avengers characters that don't get any play anymore. There was a new series called Avengers, Inc. that just got canceled too early. And okay. Was that a detective type of story? It would. It was. It was basically focused on on uh, on uh, the boss, Janet Pym. But then they brought back Hank Pym finally, but they aged him so he looks like Michael Douglas. Oh, come on! Yeah, I was. I was because I so Hank Pym's been off the board at Marvel for years. They merged him with Ultron. He was out in space, and so this undid all that. But the Hank Pym that got back it looks like Michael Douglas because they want to match the movies. I don't, no. I don't like that. I, I don't oh. see. And that's the thing uh, that I still have a problem with Marvel for is they keep resetting the clock every year. Cause they want that, that look, it's a new number one. So all you, you know, non comic book readers will scoop up a number one. Yeah. But what about the great stories that you were building on that previous year? It means nothing now. And that's, that's also such such uh, outdated thinking that number ones matter anymore. Right. Uh, uh, for better or worse, comics, you know, I don't, I'm not saying comics is a dying industry, but that, that, that market that cared about number ones, it's not really there anymore. Right. You know, people right. are reading comics, but they're reading graphic novels. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. Matter. Right. Keep, so give us, give us good. Keep that legacy numbering. Agreed. Agreed. Because nobody's going to care. They're going to go, all right, what? You, you, well, who said this was a good one? Okay, good enough. Yeah. And then you try it. Now you're hooked. And now you're one of them. And when you're one of us, we're not newbies. We are dedicated. We love the art. We love the writing. We love the craft. We're, we're Marvel's core audience that they should be focusing on, not the, the passerby who's going to look at an issue and go, oh, I saw this movie. All right. And then you read one issue and go, huh, and then move on. Yeah. You're not going to keep coming back. No. But they'll, they'll they'll come back if you give them a complete story and then on to that and do what you got to do in book form now. I mean, that's just the way it is. Right. 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 And you can, you can still have a connect and not throw anybody off. Yeah. Well, I try and do this with these with the pieces I write for for Thirteenth Dimension, where as we're going through like the like this week, it's funny thing is it even kind of works on me is it makes me go out and, and track stuff down and buy stuff. Um, this week was comics from 1980, from that yeah. whatever that week, and it was an issue of Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man, and it made me think of the great Peter Parker run when they first had had Spider-Man seriously dating Black Cat. Sure. And because before that, the black cat was just kind of a Catwoman knockoff character who showed up like twice. But so this, but it was Bill Mantlo was the writer on it. It was a long run with Dr. Octopus. She winds up almost dead in the hospital. 
and and Spider-Man's protecting her from Doc Ock. And it leads to like this heartbreaking moment when they've been dating for a while and he takes the mask off and she can't stand him. Right. And it's not because he, he's doing anything. It's just, it's just because he's not Spider-Man. He's just a guy. Isn't that amazing? And so I'm like, man, I want, I, because I had like, you know, as a kid, I had like maybe three or four issues from that run. And I didn't, I didn't know there were no comic shops, so I couldn't find the back issues. So I just kind of like put it together through contacts where it happened. And so I was like, I should track those down. I was about to hit eBay and do a deep dive. And I'm like, you know, there might've been a collection. I do a little bit of research online. Sure enough, there was a Marvel Masterworks last year. It has that whole run in it. <laughs> it should be at my door sometime tonight. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's what the, anything you want now in comics, if you look close enough, you could probably find it in a nice fat collection. I, it's, I, it's just pointing out where to go. I watched a video, um, I think it was Comic Tropes, where they were talking about Matt Lowe and how he was reliable. He was he he was he was he was the guy that was gonna come fix your sink if your sink was a was a, a mid-range Marvel comic that needed a writer. He yeah. just come in there and you're gonna get good stories and it, it's gonna be reliable and it's gonna be there on time. Right? And, and to do that always blew my mind too, because nobody had done that before. Yeah. It, nobody had got Oh, that's the real you? No, thanks. Yes, no. And 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 you know, Parker was just heartbroken. It's 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 such a great I'm looking forward to getting that issue just because I mean I haven't seen that issue in probably 30 years, but I can remember it like it was yesterday. Uh did do you have more books that you were well speaking speaking of Mantlo, <laughs> you gotta get your omnibus. Okay, t- sell me on that. Seriously, have you never read Rom? No, dude, Rom, Rom is great. Rom, really? oh, no, it really. Rom was just a one-off toy from Parker Brothers, right? The big plastic uh, robot toy. He had you no know, LED eyes. He made a lot of noises. You got three, you had three rooms with him. But so he was just a blank slate for Bill Mantlo. And what Bill Mantlo created this amazing backstory from him, where they're they're the 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 bad guys are these aliens known as the dire wraiths and they're shapeshifters except for they have to actually enter your body and then take your from the inside out so Mm -hmm. it's 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 bad news and they're but they had taken over all of his home planet system and so what they did is they called the best of their best people to come and sacrifice and have like half their bodies transplanted into these cyborg, cyborg robot shells because that meant the dire race couldn't get through and, and take away their humanity. And it was the only way to protect their planet. And so they, they save the planet and then, then they go out into the cosmos to try and track down the dire race everywhere. So Rom has been away from his home for decades tracking down the dire race and now they're on Earth. Okay. So first issue starts and it's just Rom landing in this little town in Tennessee. And all they see is this guy shows up and starts murdering people. He kills the mayor. He kills the police chief. Well, he knows they're our race because he can see them. Nobody else can. So you have the, the, the storyline becomes Rom trying to save the Earth while everyone on Earth thinks he's a, just a, a murdering alien robot. Okay. How, how does he develop friends and allies? And, where, and they very slowly kind of wove the Marvel Universe in and out of this. It's great stuff. Okay. It's I'll, I'll really, really fun uh, uh, space opera. Okay. And see, yeah, that if it's written well, 
and and moving, then okay, then I I'll give it a shot. Because again, to me, it was like, well, it's based on a bad, goofy looking toy. I don't know how. There, 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 there's uh, the first issue of Rom has you know has you know all the backstory, and on the box that Rom came, which by the way, Rom was a great toy. I had one, but they mentioned the dire race like two words, and that's it. So there's done entirely all Bill Mantlo's uh, um, concept. Okay. And at the time, Mantlo was doing that, and he was also doing Micronauts, which also was right. Something on that one. Micronauts just as good. Uh, you take the first eleven issues of Micronauts, best space opera Marvel ever published. Period. And it's it's a mix. It's like a mixture of uh, of classic Star Wars. And some you throw in some Guardians of the Galaxy, a little bit of Flash Gordon in there, and the the world building is amazing. Because and for me, Mike, I, was, I was afraid that I'm not going to anchor to any one character. You know what I mean? Like it yeah, seems like the, they're just random. The 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 the, the lead is uh, Commander Ran, and he uh, he leaves the, their planet to go on like this thousand year journey through space and hibernation exploration, and when he comes back. The whole planet's gone. Is has changed, and it's now a dictatorship, and the, and they don't want him anywhere uh, around, walking around talking about the old days of peace and justice. So he's immediately a fugitive, hmm. and that they have this, this concept of like the body banks, where the rich people on the on on homeworld would like go in there and gain youth by taking body parts from the underclass. It's, and which is a which is a terrifying concept when you're ten and I'm reading this. It's great <laughs> stuff. And like I said, uh, Michael Golden's art is beautiful. Mm, okay. Yeah. So he right. had one guy, Mantlo, taking both just toy concepts with nothing around them and creating worlds. It was like Micronauts was his Star Wars, and Rom was more like his Outer Limits or the Invaders or 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 the, or, the, or, or um the day the Earth stood still. Yeah. As yeah. a superhero series. When when I want a little break from my typical comic run, as you know, I'll jump in and read a random in order. The original GI Joe. I'm on volume two of GI Joe now. Uh, is that on, is that one on your pile? Or you, oh no no no! I put okay, you're reaching for it. Um, and the Marvel Star Wars. You know, so whenever I, I there's something funny that pops up, I'm always like up. Oh, yeah, that's um, Scott. That, that Larry Hama Joe run is fantastic. I love that. I'm no kidding, it's yeah. it's amazing. I mean, right from the beginning, I'm like, oh, you care, like you 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 know, this yeah. is why he's Mister GI Joe. I yeah. love that they gave him that title still as its own thing. Yeah, uh, yeah let it keep running. Let, let Hama do that forever. Absolutely, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, and you know, I read them. I'm like, no, this didn't feel like it was early 80s based on a toy line this feels like it's nom like yeah. it's one of those like ooh, wait ooh, people yeah, die and terrible things happen the way he spoons out the mysterious backstory of snake eyes it makes him such a tragic figure right none, like, of, that's, none of that's in the toy i you know, just read the one where where basically they just introduced wave two of the figures so gung-ho that the joes it starts off with the joes they're pinned down well, let's send in the new guys to help out. They jump out a, a, a Wild Bill's helicopter, who, again, he was the new guy. And here comes Gung-Ho, who's got the horseshoe hair. Yeah. He's, he's not completely bald yet. Uh, 
and I don't remember who else, but Snow Job. Snow Job, like Snow Job and Airborne and Torpedo. Yes, thank you. And and they're in the desert, like they're in the dirt. You don't need Snow Job, your your snow trooper to be there. And they're like, no, we got you. We'll you guys move. We'll we'll take over for a while. Boom, boom, boom. I love that those guys. They were they were like pro wrestlers. You gotta protect your gimmick. If Snow Job's showing up, he's wearing the parka. Yeah, you had to. I mean, I'm like, really? You're having him with the freaking parka? I mean, granted, it's down. Yeah. But you still have the freaking parka. Parka. And, yeah, and, but- and, and, and uh, I'm laughing because, I mean, they have Gung Ho and was it Clutch didn't get along or Rock and Roll didn't get along with? with I think, I think it was Clutch. Okay. Didn't like him. And something about dating his sister and. You know, and in the end, it was a joke and all this. And I thought, okay, but they they try and give you the the Cajun accent to yeah. Gung Ho. I'm like, don't do that. It's tough enough to hear. I don't want to try and read it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all of a sudden it feels like you're you're watching uh, Gambit on '90s X Men. Yeah, yeah, or the Cajun <laughs> Chef. Remember the Cajun Chef? I uh, guarantee. Yeah, right. I don't think there's ever a series more wildly uneven than Marvel Star Wars. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. There would be occasionally be, be some, some good stuff. And then all of a sudden you got three issues of like Don Juan Quixote and, and the porcupine dude and, and Jackson, and the green rabbit. Didn't get to. Ja- uh, yeah, we did. We saw Jackson cause he shows up in like the second issue and or the second or third, but it's the Han Solo story yeah. where he has to get yeah. a, a group of bandits to help him out. Yeah. Well, now I'm at the part where they just shifted back to Luke and he's on the water planet with the pirates. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, Leia's trying to find him, And you know, uh, it, it, again, I, I read it because one, it's adorable to see how they tried to work with what they didn't know. Right, that that's the thing is you look at you read the comics like they have no idea about Luke and about Luke and Vader because at that point neither did George Lucas. Right, right. So when I read it, I read it because of the differences. I'm like, okay, I can I can smile and just enjoy what they're trying for, and you know, there's a sincerity like with Micronauts and Rom and everything. It there's a sincerity to really tell a good story with very limited knowledge on these characters. I, I heard one writer, a uh, female who she said, you know, we weren't allowed to really get, we didn't know much about what was coming in the movies. So we couldn't really talk about Vader or Ben or, you know, this, that, or the other thing. So I just made up my own stories and like threw new characters in. And that's why you have Jackson. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But did he have to be Bugs Bunny? Yeah, that 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 first story that, that that was the first one out of the gate, after after the the the, the six issues of an adaptation. Right, it's rough. Right, it re- <laughs> but again, there's a charm to it that I can appreciate. And when yeah. I want to read a, an actual Star Wars, well, there's a whole bunch to choose yeah. from on that. Well, you know who I feel bad for in terms of dealing with stuff like that. I think it was Mike W. Barr. But it might be wrong. But whoever was the writer was on DC Star Trek comics. Especially between Star Trek three and four, really. After three ends, you know they've brought they've just brought Spock back to life, and they're on Vulcan. Now Star Trek four picks up two years later. 
They're still on Vulcan. They're flying home to face charges. And then that's what the probe hits. They go back in time to say to get some whales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whales, yeah, sure. But for I, that, uh, but for that two years or three years in between movies, they have to get them off of Vulcan, back into a ship, have adventures. Spock gets his own ship, and then have to take it all away from those characters within like three or four issues. Put them back on Vulcan to pick up where number four leaves off. Oh. Oh, that's that. That is some rough plotting. Oh, well, I, I that's probably the worst. <coughs> I read an article where they were going, Look, here's the people that have owned the Star Trek license for comics Marvel had it, DC had it, whoever, everybody had it. Here's the good ones. Here's the holy crap, we can't believe these were made issues. Is it the ones where they're in the red? Uh, sweater uniforms is that the one? Well, the the the, the one the famous the famous uh, famously wacky ones are the gold key ones from the sixties. Especially sure. the, the first couple of years because those comics were drawn by people in Italy who had never seen the show, and they would just, all they had were like black and white photos. Oh my god! And so like like the Janice Rand character who famously. She's the, the Kirk's yeoman, and she has this big blonde beehive. Yes. They think it's a knit cap, and they color it red. Uh, they're, all wearing, they're all wearing, like, green coveralls and backpacks. And, like, the first issue, and then, then and the writers didn't know anything either. In the first issue, Spock basically nukes this, this planet from orbit because the, the evil plants, you can't trust them. It's the only way to be sure. It's like aliens. It's the only way to be sure. Wow. Now, as that series got on, uh, the the show had become more famous. People understood Star Trek. The the artists had seen it more. And yeah, I think guys like Marv Wolfman uh, came on and did and Len Wein did some of the writing. So like the latter half of the Gold Key Run, some pretty good Star Trek comics. That mm-hmm. first couple of years, man, it's it's crazy stuff. Well, these are the later ones where they, I remember them explaining why they couldn't do much. And for all you know, that's the that's the stuff you were just talking about. But there's like this one run that you're they were so boring and they they were afraid to do anything with them and and it was just a lot of conversation. Well, Mar- Marvel and uh, Marvel briefly had a run with right after motion picture. Yeah. But because of some whatever the there was a very weird um contract limitation, they could only discuss and reference things that happened in the motion picture. Oh, for the love of God. So anything from the series couldn't do it. Klingons, you couldn't do it. And nothing, you, you couldn't do anything that wasn't from the movie. Which soon led to them going to the haunted house planet and meeting Dracula. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Dracula? Yeah. Now, being, to, to be fair, there's an episode of Classic Trek where Kirk hangs out with Abe Lincoln. So, right. I mean, not that big a stretch for Star Trek, really. Well, was that on a holodeck? No, no, that was... They were there on this planet where there's a big alien rock dude conjures up alien uh, allies for Kirk for a big battle. So it's like it's like two historically villainous characters versus Kirk and his buddy Abe Lincoln, and they have and then they they go have a big tussle. Oh, wow, <laughs> it's you know, not one of the better episodes, and yet I love it so. <laughs> well, sure, yeah, I you know there's some things that I 
I can go, yeah, not my favorite, but it does have its own feeling to it, so I can enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, I mean, you can tell it's, it's a third season episode of Star Trek, which is when uh, most of the stinkers arrive third season. And you, I think you probably told me this already. Didn't the first season of Next Generation use old scripts from the original? Well, the, yeah, the, the, not just the, the, the very first episode, two parter, used part of uh, a planned series called Star Trek Phase, Phase One that was supposed to be. Uh, that eventually became Star Trek the Motion Picture. But they had some scripts from that that they used, and they also used later because of a writer strike. But most of the stuff in Next Gen with Riker and 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 Troy was derived from the, the Decker and Aaliyah characters that we saw in the motion picture and that were created for the Phase 1 series that never happened. Wow. You know, yeah. that that it's on YouTube. I think we talked about it. That, that bio where they talk about the making of Next Generation. Yeah. Wow. Are you talking about the one that Shatner directed? Probably, yeah, because yeah, he's hosting it. I think yeah, he's yeah. It's pretty good. It's really good, actually. Great stuff, because yeah. they did the guts of it. And they're talking about how, you know, uh, Roddenberry, not not the hero that you think everybody wants to, oh, you know. Like, no, he was a pain in the rear end and, and weird and caused a lot of crap. Gene Roddenberry was complicated. That's a good way. <laughs> yeah. But like, they're as, like, can we get as, as, as a person who has, who has derived, there's no, no small amount of, of career success from working on Star Trek. Gene Roddenberry was complicated. Complicated. But to hear them tell it, they're like, can we get him off the lot? Well, he's Gene Roddenberry. Son of a bay. You know, well, there, there are famous stories about him, like trying to do rewrites on the movie scripts. And and uh, the studio heads like pulling their hair out. And what are you doing? The script is done. Yeah. Rod, yeah. Roddenberry had a complicated relationship with his creation because, at the one hand, you know he, he wanted he wanted the element of control, but on the other hand, he wanted to get stuff done. He wanted movies to be made and TV shows to be made, and so he would take deals even though he wasn't in control. And then, yeah, it's yeah, it was up and down. Well, it's funny because I never knew any of this. I just heard, oh, isn't he wonderful because peace, love, and, you know, no war uh, is what he wanted with Star Trek. And then I watched this thing. I'm like, oh, oh, this this show was a mess. Yeah. You know, there, the, there, there are plenty of episodes of Next Gen first season, and then there are ones that are just head scratchers. How did it get made? Yeah. Well, when, when I met Cindy, she hadn't known about Stargate yet, and her go-to show was Next Generation. Like, she was telling me about how much she loved it, and she go, but everybody always says, third season is when it starts to get good. I'm like, okay. I haven't gotten there. Yeah, I, 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 I was, third season is where it gets, gets good consistently, because there are great episodes in season one and season two. Yeah. But there, there are plenty of swing and a miss, too. Yeah, well, that first episode, I was rough. Oh, no, Wesley falls on some plants, and now you're all going to get killed or whatever that uh, is. Yeah, the, the, a, a, that one's not, not, a, not a standout. No. And I'm like, this is your pilot? This is what and I'm That wasn't the pilot. That's like episode three. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. The, yeah, the, wasn't it like Space Station something or other was the The, the, the pilot involves um, the, first, the, the first meeting with Q, the omnipotent alien. Okay. Yeah, and then it involves like a mystery on... on on Farpoint Station, it's the the pilot I like. 
the pilot, the pilot's got some good stuff in there. Yeah. But that episode with Wesley Fogg on the grass, yeah, not so much. Oh, and the sets were terrible. The, 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 the biggest problem is that they didn't coordinate it well. So, like, all the writers wrote Wesley Saves the Ship stories, and they all got they all got produced and made too close together. Mm-hmm. By episode four or five, the, the audience had their knives out for this poor kid. Right. You know? And, right. they, they, and the, the character, as, as conceived, had possibilities and they they could have used them in great ways but they did that so much in those first few episodes they could never get the audience back right right i they love like four season when they, they basically they made him an acting ensign put him in a real uniform and not a sweater yep. and, the, and i said all right now we're on board with wesley yeah yeah and by then i think they were already going to get rid of him or well what? then then he had then he had famously um clashes with producers because he wanted to be just go make movies because you no, know, he was. People forget that at the time there were two movie stars in Next Gen, the two real stars. It was Will Wheaton and it was uh, uh, Lavar Burton, and everyone else was unknowns. Yeah. But, you know, Will Wheaton was fresh from Stand by Me, which was a huge hit, mm-hmm. and he wanted to go make some other movies. And they said, "No, you can't have the time off." So he just said, "Well, then I quit." Which I mean, not great for him, but I think the audience was okay with that. But, but but it's also just a bad look for your producers. Why, why why are you being this possessive over the least important member of your ensemble from a from a storytelling standpoint? Why don't why don't you let him go make a movie so that when he comes back it means something? Right? So easy. Yeah. But I mean that 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 period of Star Trek was was rife with that kind of they they just kind of randomly replaced the, the Dr. Crusher character just because of clashes with the producer. Yeah, well, that was the other thing. I'm like, oh, so that's that curly blonde woman. Okay, she was her replacement. Ooh, yeah. no offense to the actress, but... No, wow. yeah, it, it wasn't Dana Moldor's fault either who played Pulaski. They, they thought... I mean, a lot of the problem with writing Star Trek in general is that if you're adhering to Roddenberry's utopia, that means there's no conflict. Right. And he didn't want, he famously did not want conflict among his characters, among his crew, his regulars. But so what they wanted to do by getting, they got rid of of, of uh, Gates McFadden for just stupid reasons. And then they, they replaced her with a new character. And they wanted to get that kind of back and forth repartee, rivalry, friendly enemy thing that he had between Spock and McCoy. Sure. Original series. But the problem is they didn't realize that Spock fights back. Spock will needle McCoy. Right. Data doesn't do that. They and so every every episode, Mulder was like, like, like disrespecting Data, calling him it, insulting him, and he wouldn't fight back because in his character, uh, you know, correctly, he wouldn't do that. So it was like she came on kicking a puppy every week. Why did you hated her? Uh, yeah, that's true. That, that's and plus everybody liked uh, uh, Crusher. Yeah, no, yeah, she was she was a great character. She hadn't been given enough to do at that point. Well, you could say that about most of the cast. Sure. That, sure. that was why Denise Crosby left so early. It's just she didn't feel like she was getting enough to do. And and I I was always told once she's killed or her story of her death from then on, it get it got good. Yeah, no, then they they brought her back in clever ways. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, she, she was only on like you know three or four more times, but at least those appearances had an impact. Parallel Earths and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw one of those. I'm like, well, see, that's the stuff I like. Let's yeah. have some fun. I saw the one with the uh, 
basically the time loop where they're off by a couple seconds. They Cause get the out of the elevator. Cause and effect. Yeah, it's a great episode. That was a great episode because they were showing them on BBC or something. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch these. They're not then, in order, but who cares? And then Frazier Crane shows up at the end, which is also cool. What was? Frazier Crane shows up at the end, which is cool. Oh, does he? Is that the yeah. one where he does? Well, okay. Yeah, at the end, the, 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 the ship that caused it comes out of the warp. And it's a, it's a, a ship from years ago. And there's it's, it's Kelsey Grammer in like a, a Trek 2 era uniform. Yes. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't see the end of that one. Now I got to go back and watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's good stuff. That There's next shit had some odd and surprisingly fun cameos like that. Yeah. Because it yeah. kind of became the, the show everyone wanted to be on once it got hot. <laughs> right, right. I it it I I gotta boy, it's tough because that and we talked about I tried to watch Babylon 5. Ah, let's see, I I love me some Babylon 5. And I'm sure I will too, but I jumped on the wrong end of it. Yeah. No, you get I got I got to have someone sit next to me and go, here's how we watch it. This is what you need to know. Because I watched the miniseries. I watched the one that was supposed to be the war that started it all kind of oh, thing. No, 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 you can't do that. Yeah, that's terrible. And that's not that it's terrible, but it's it's like coming in the middle of a play. Right. Like I watched it and went, oh, that was a good tight little story, but I'm not Mr. Babylon 5. Yeah, no. I'm not yeah. eager to watch more. Yeah, and there's great stuff in that first season, but in that case, it doesn't get really good until Box Lightner comes in and replaces the captain. Yeah, yeah. Box Lightner gives that show the kind of like dramatic oomph it really needs. Did you watch the animated movie that just came out? I still have it. Haven't watched it yet. I've heard great things. I know. I I do too. And, then, and I thought of you, and I'm like, mm, I, he probably already saw it, but I, if he hadn't, it's on, it's on my stack. <laughs> and and apparently, um, they were gonna reboot it. Like, not reboot it, revive it, I should say. Yeah, well, the, the problem is half the cast, unfortunately, is gone now. Right. So it, 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 the, what, what Straczynski wants to do is, more of, a, is more, of a, more of a reboot, like the Galactica reboot. Sure. Where you start from scratch with similar themes and characters. Yeah, and I heard that got scrapped. No, it's still, it's still in the works. In fact, uh, Straczynski was just talking about it yesterday. Is that basically because it's it's still being shopped around to streamers, and because of the fact that Paramount is in flux, they don't want to go too far with Paramount because no one knows who's going to be owning Paramount in a month. Right. Well, it's yeah, it, it's, it's apparently still it's still currently in limbo. Okay. It'll work. Good. I'd love to see that again. I I when I'm <laughs> you're going to get a random text when I find myself going, what should I start to watch? And I'm going to send you a text go, tell me the episode to start. Yeah, no, I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I mean, from, from season two on, watch them all. But also by season two on, Straczynski is basically writing every episode. Right. And I loved his Spider-Man run. Yeah, yeah, he, it's great. Right. But season one has a few outliers you can skip. I'll, I'll okay. give you. Okay, because that that's what I'll need. I'll need to go, okay, tell me the list that I should start with, and I'll tell you when I catch up. And then I'll move on from there because I, I want to like it so much. I really, really do. But every time the episode I started with, which I thought was the first one, it starts in a bar and two guys are bickering. And I'm like, I didn't get into it. I didn't get the feeling of what Babylon 5 is supposed to be. And, you know, and then I thought, okay, try again. A mini, oh, I heard this miniseries is good. Let's, oh, it's the beginning. And like we said, it, 
it really is the the best example of kind of a novel for television in terms sure. of being a long form storytelling. There's a plot element that it comes up in like episode three, is never mentioned again, and then it's super important in season four, episode twenty two. <laughs> and like, I, I like that. That's planning. Well, that's what they did with Stargate. I mean, Stargate, they would do little things as they're passing. And what are you working on? Oh, I'm working on the, you know, B-52, blah, blah, blah. Cool. And you, they'd move on. Wasn't important. Yeah. But they remembered. And they came back to it later. And they kind of mentioned it. And then a season or two later, oh, there it is. That's the thing. And now they don't, they don't shine a spotlight on it to say, remember when we said this? But if you're watching it, you go, there it is. Oh, payoff. Oh, that's, wow. You know, that, that's what Stridsky does over and over with that one fight. Really good stuff. I love that kind of thing. Do oh, you, did, I meant to ask, did you wish Godzilla minus one? Okay. When it's, when I can catch it on a fire stick, I will, because everybody's talking about it. So not just the best Godzilla movie in years, maybe the best movie I saw last year. Up that's there. What a lot of people have said it, that. It, you could take all the Godzilla elements out of it. And it's still a great movie. The moment I can watch it digitally on the fire stick, I will because not that I'm a big giant monster knocking down buildings guy. That I mean, that's a thing for a kid, but if if it's written well, okay. Like I enjoyed the first three. I watched Godzilla, I watched uh I love Kong Skull Island. That was fantastic. Yeah, I did too, I did too. Right? I, I watched the next Godzilla one. I watched that life's pretty good. Right, but the I, I really enjoyed, of course, Kong versus Godzilla. And I was like, wait a minute, Kong loses? Bull crap! Because I kind of side with him more than Godzilla. Yeah. But okay, more of that. And now I'm watching uh, Monarch. I, I I just got Apple Plus, so I can watch Monarch. I haven't started yet. It's good. It's nice. It's a yeah. nice journey. It's but, uh, Godzilla minus one is entirely set in Japan in post-war Japan. Okay. And so it's really, it's really much more, it's as much an analogy about, about Japan after the war and how the government treats its people. There's a lot of stuff going on there. It's, it's all, it's all, it's not ad lib though, is it? You have to read. Yeah, it's, it's subtitled. Yeah. Okay. So I have to prepare myself for that. Cause that's really staring and paying attention. Actually, no, I take it back. I, I, I saw it dubbed. It's dubbed. Is it? Yeah. Okay. That, that helps because otherwise it's a lot of reading and you got to read fast and not everybody like keeps the writing up long enough for me to get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me. So okay. So the idea of that is it's not modern day. No, not at all. No. Okay, it's, but it's, it's from the perspective of us. it's from the perspective of a, a a kamikaze pilot who refused to to kill himself and he feels like a failure, and on uh, when he returns home. Godzilla destroys the base, and so he feels the guilt for not helping stop Godzilla at this one time, kill his crew, and then him trying to rebuild his life as Godzilla then heads back to like the mainland Tokyo, and you you've got to track him through the return of Godzilla to to Japan. It's really good. Okay, I'm dying to see it. Very I'm, human, I'm, very human story for a story about Godzilla. I just watched uh, Prey, P R E A or Y P R E Y. Very movie. The Predator movie. Are they good? Oh, oh, yeah. Because it's it's like sixteen something, 
and she's a girl in her in her Indian village. And they're like, what, what do you think you're doing? Well, I'm going to go hunt with you guys. No, <laughs> you're not. You're the woman. You stay, you weave, you cook us something, shut your mouth. And so she has that young girl, I'm going to prove myself kind of thing, and I'm going to go out and hunt with you. And lo and behold, hey, we got the signal from the sky. There, you know, and basically it's the alien ship crash landing. Or, yeah, the alien predator ship yeah. crash landing. And she's like, tells her brother, I got the sign from the gods that, you know, it's now Wakatana time or whatever, you know, their term is, which the great hunt. Well, long story short, she got to deal with the predator. And it's great because it's not current day predator. It's a predator wearing a different kind of mask. And they don't come out and say, by the way, it's a predator movie. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. You go, oh, uh, oh, that, that, that's the predator. Like, you know, you, so far, you, you if you didn't know, you just watch it and go, there's some sort of creature that this Indian girl has to hunt or is, is yeah. unaware of. And then as it goes on, you go, wow, that seems kind of reminiscent of, and then when they do the three, the three red dots, you go, oh, you know, and it all clicks. Is he like an old timey predator or like a steampunk predator? <laughs> yeah. Kind that's of. Cool. <laughs> I know you're, I know you're joking, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot closer than what we know of as the predator. It's funny. Cause I just watched the original two days ago after, after Carl Weathers passed away. Okay. Man, that original still holds up. The original is great. I only saw the original two, three years ago, during, probably during COVID. I finally sat down and went, okay, because I saw the second one. Yeah. And I love the second one. I love it. And then I read the Batman Predator, yes. which I love too, because I'm like, holy crap. This thing is, is, is bad. Like, wow, it's scary. And so after all these years, get to the chopper. I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. It's it's classic. I gotta watch it. And through the first chunk of the movie, it has nothing to do with the predator. No, no, it's just, on their mission. Yeah, it, it just looks like it looks like another one of Arnold's action movies. Yeah, it's okay. A bunch of meatheads go boom, 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 boom. Got it. Okay, all right, we're back to this. Yeah, it's a slow build. It really is. But and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, 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 crap. Oh, bad, bad. Everybody's dying. Oh, crap. And then you're like, how's he getting out of this? And then the way it works, you go, oh, very good. All right. I was so bummed when Carl Weathers passed away last week. He was a good guy. He's a good guy. I'll, I'll, never heard a bad word about him. And I just, I love the fact that he was so versatile. Right. Well, I, we, we saw him on Chicago PD. Yeah. And, you know, and, and in the, all the action stuff in the 80s and in the 90s and then and, and odds come around. I was like, oh, this guy is funny. Like he's funny and happy Gilmore. He's really funny in Arrested Development. Well, and he's one of those guys that I always rooted for to get more work. Yeah. Like, like, you know, I'd see him and go, Oh, that's the guy from Rocky. I like him. Why don't we see him? One of those like dream, if you if I was able to write and put together my own cast for this movie that I or series that I'm gonna make, you know, if you had that option. I would go back and get certain actors that I love that I think deserve more work. Yeah. And like, then, you know, he had that great third act too with the Mandalorian. Exactly. And, and then, you know, at the same the time, Chicago PD, he's doing yeah. both things. I'm like, first award he ever got for acting was a nomination for Mando. 
And he directed like three episodes. Did he? Yeah, I love I love seeing that. There's a, a book by the guy who made Predator, and he talks about casting Weathers for for Predator. And the studio didn't want to do it because you know the rest of the cast was mostly character actors and wrestlers and muscle men, mm-hmm. and so they didn't want to spend the money it takes to get a real actor. And the director was like, "Look, if I if this is only like Arnold's third or fourth movie, he's still learning how to act. If I put him in scenes with Carl Weathers." He's going to be so much better just from learning from Weathers and reacting to him. And so they said, yeah, all right, go ahead and get him. And he said, sure enough, days that, that Arnold wasn't even supposed to be in the scene, he'd be on set just watching Carl Weathers. And so the, all their scenes were so much better because you had somebody really good. Because no, acting is just reacting. Right. And for someone who was so new at it, you get Weathers in that scene and it's going to be better. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's Because, again, you just you just like him. Even if he played yeah. like he, he was – you know, not the most likable guy on, say, Chicago PD. And you're like, no, I still like him. I still, yeah. you know, I'll root for this guy, even though he's, I'm not supposed to. It just, you, you, you felt safe with his acting. You're like, yeah. all right. That was, that, was, that was a sad one last week. What what got him? They haven't said that. I mean, reports are just that he passed away in his sleep. Yeah. Well, uh, I wonder if he'd been sick. I mean, uh, I haven't heard any stories or anything, yeah. Uh, yeah, give it a couple months. They'll figure out. Yeah, seventy six, I think he was. Which you know is, you know, not that old. No, not that old. Way too young. Should not have gone. But I mean, hopefully, at least it went to sleep, and you know. Yeah, I mean, oh, come on. All things go. Go. That's the way yeah. to do it. Right. Um, wanted to ask you. <laughs> have you been watching Quantum Leap? No. Okay. Love Quantum Leap. Glad it's back. However, I'm going I'm to vent to you because you'll appreciate where I'm coming from with this because it wasn't just me. It was the whole family. You, you understand the premise of quantum. Yeah, that's all the old one. Okay. So this is basically, it picks up from there. They're still trying to find Sam. New guy goes into the accelerator because he found out some information about his fiance to save her life. So he jumps into it, even though she was supposed to be the one that was training to be the leaper. He was the scientist guy that that was just working on the project. So he's the one. So he's the guy. She's his hologram most of the time. Carry on from there. And they mentioned Sam and Al was part of it until he had passed away. They talk about it, you know. Well... Being how it's, you know, you have to talk about current things. They did an episode. One of the, they have a very nice, diverse cast. Uh, there's an Asian girl, the magic from the from the first series, who is in one episode. The character's name was Magic in a two-parter, the Leap Home, where Sam tries to save his brother in Vietnam. Okay. He, le- he leaps into a black soldier in his platoon named Magic. They call him magic because he's good luck. They use that character to be the head of Quantum Leap Project now. That's cool. And it's Ernie Hudson. Great. Wonderful. Great. And it's that. And you go, yep, I believe it's that character. And wow, what a great callback. Because it's Quantum Leap and you have to talk about diversity occasionally. And, and you know, and the cast is they have a... Um, um, non-binary 
character who's like the computer person. They have an Asian girl, Ernie Hudson. Uh, the lead is Korean. Right. Okay. You don't have to. You don't have to shine a spotlight on it. We see it. We got it. You know, if it comes up in it, it as far as their character goes, and it's natural, you should discuss things. Yeah. Last season, they did an episode called "Let Them Play," and it was about it was like in the two thousands or maybe late nineties, and this transgender girl. Yeah, went from a boy to a girl, was trying to play basketball and getting crap for it. So you get the you get the premise. Yeah. Great. They danced they danced on the line of being preachy, but got away with it. We're like, okay, there's your there's your episode to talk about that. And it gave Ian the opportunity for them to talk about being I don't know if he's transgender or non-binary. I think it's just non-binary. Uh, great. I I want, and we talked about this, I want inclusion for things, but we now currently live in a world where the pendulum tends <laughs> too far one way to try to adjust for the other side. So they brought the writer-director back this season for this past week's episode. There was so much wrong with this episode as far as just writing, not even talking about non-binary anything. That uh, 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 Let me prove my point. You tell me if you can figure out what the plot is. He leaps in. They are at the reading of a will. <coughs> he is the one of the three sisters that are at this reading. Okay. Will of their father... Who was never around, never a good father, always out treasure hunting. They all bicker. Oh, you're the you're the stuck up one. You're the well. They have to go. They they each get some piece of junk vase or you know. Oh, here's a miniature ship in a in a bottle kind of thing. He drops it. It smashes open, and there's a piece of a map. The other two go, wait a minute, smash their pieces. They each have a piece of the map. How do you think this episode ends? What do you think that they're going for? Well, uh, the, 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 uh, <laughs> the, the map goes together and clearly something's there. But the whole point of the episode, it's to make the three of them with each we're, of their pieces. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because in the end, the real treasure is family. Oh, thank you! I I predicted it before the first before the title card showed. I, I didn't say anything. I went, "Oh God, please don't be this script." The I real treasure is the friends we make along the way. It's exactly that kind of thing, and uh, it, it, it's 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 okay. It takes place in the nineteen fifties. So the one sister and they get they they do cast real non-binary people to play non-binary people great if if they were not getting work before it's great that they're getting work now but right away they're like and dina it's dean 
There's one. Okay. Got it. It's the 50s, though. So let it go. But that's all she basically, she's an angry person who you don't, they're making you aware that she's not feminine. It's, but also, if, if it's the 50s, she wouldn't be doing that. Thank you. That doesn't work. This I, is what I'm saying. And it gets worse. She wouldn't do it. She wouldn't be fighting so hard. And if she did, the world would go, all right, Dina, shut up. Yeah, I mean, and you, you can tell that story in the 50s, but she'd be hiding it. It'd be the struggle of how she wants to talk about it, but she knows she can't. That's the struggle there. Yeah. This is exactly, exactly what I knew you would say. I'm thinking about it today at work. I'm like, this is how I feel about it. And he's going to probably say exactly what you just said. That's the story. The thing is, you're not going to be able to go, you're free to be you in 1950. It should be Ben, who is the leaper, saying to her, listen. I understand what you're going through. I have a friend who's in the same predicament. Keep on keeping on, but understand that the world will not bend for you. Yeah. It's 1953. No, you're not even going to be able to vocalize that. He can be your window for change for that modern voice because he's a modern character, but you can't have the other characters doing that whenever it's the fifties. So throughout the episode, any chance they get, they have her remind them, I'm Dean every time. It happens four times, I'm going to say. And and I may be missing one or two. But she constantly, like, that's her catchphrase, I'm Dean. Got it. So then they do stupid things like the map that they're, they're carrying. Well, they leave it in a bag on a bar while they go look at pictures to find their father on the map of loot or the, pic the wall of losers that the father treasure hunter oh we take pictures of all those crazy treasure hunters put them on that wall dean says to the sister all right the map is in this bag watch this goes over they have their little scene of oh there's dad they turn back where's the bag, where's yeah. the bag? come on nobody's that stupid and if you're that stupid you don't get to get a treasure yeah so then you know what you don't do with your treasure map Put it down. Leave it out of your grasp, let alone your sight? Come on. So because Ben has photographic memory like Sam did, he's like, wait, I think I can redraw the basic idea of where things are. Okay. And it's got a lot of double uh, meaning on stuff. Like, we're, you know, uh, the shamrock. So they're like, oh, it must have to do with St. Patrick. No, it's when they find the it's key behind a fake rock. Yeah. Right. See, uh, we can write this in our sleep. So that goes on. And there's a lot of those kind of moments where you just go, you're, you're not trying to, you're, when you sat down to write this, you didn't care about the story. You cared about your soapbox that you were going to step on again because you got another opportunity. And this time it's not subtle. They get to a point where the episode – and it's an adventure story. It should be Indiana Jones and kind of fun and we're treasure hunting. And that they kind right. of start down that road, even though it's predictable. Fine. I'll – you know, whatever. But all of a sudden they look and Dean's shirt is ripped. And it's she's got binding. 
Oh, geez. Exactly. Exactly. So the sister goes, oh, by the way, the sister, the other sister is a little snot. She's married with kids. They say, and she doesn't want to go on this stupid thing. And when she, she's like a Willie Scott kind of. Yeah. I brought what's in your luggage An evening dress and some makeup. We told you to bring the essentials. Well, we never know when we might have to dress up. Like, okay, so that's your character. Ish. So at one point she notices that Dean is wearing a wrapping. She goes, are you hurt? No, not physically. So then they go on. Like I said, it grinds everything to a halt for them to have the I'm not a man or a woman thing. And then Ben has to go. That's called, you know, it's like a light switch. The world kind of tells you it's on or it's off, but there are some people who don't feel it's either. Non-binary is what that's called. So they actually pick apart what non-binary means. It's an actual. Thank you. It's it's just about to say that. It's an after-school special to go, you know, kids, many of you guys have been hearing about non-binary. And I mean, let's counterpoint this. I thought the way they handled this issue on the first issue, uh, first of the new Doctor Who's was so much more subtle. Right. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't didn't go crazy with Rose uh, explaining Rose's situation. You got it from context and it was, and that was, and it was elegant. You got it from context and you got it from not her even being in the room, but Donna and her mother talking about, do I, how do I handle this? Good. Done. Thank you. It, it, it was not at all an after school special. It didn't, it, 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 it didn't like that's that you, you just describe these things through character. You don't do it by giving somebody a gigantic uh, a monologue like that. That's you, terrible. You sound like a writer, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was so hand fisted, so boxy. Like, like we're trying, we're watching it and going, okay. Like nobody's saying anything. We talked about it afterwards, but I'm watching it going before they got to this. I'm like, this is not a well-written episode at all. This is predictable and cliche. And, oh, because the writer is non-binary, you got to throw that in with everything you do. And my thought is be more, you already did that. You, you hit your button first season when you wrote that episode. Fine. It doesn't have to be what you're all about. Like, be more. You do more for your cause. If no, you but it's that heavy-handed. All that does is bore your allies and enrage the people who are who don't want to listen. Right, because somebody did post afterwards, and she had, uh, or they, I don't know what they go by, uh, had reposted, oh, clearly this person knows what Quantum Leap's about, because they ripped into it saying, Will you please stop? That wasn't subtle. And they were right. But of course, they came off bigoted. Right. They're like, I don't, I don't need politics in my TV viewing. You know, let, let's calm it down. No, I'm, the thing is, I mean, Quantum uh, Leap has always been about identity politics. But right. it, just, it just did it better. Yep. Yep. And subtle. And again, you don't like, get to have like the big speech in the 1950s. Like to do again to use the Doctor Who comparison, you know, people who are your allies aren't aren't going to come aren't going to complain about it because it was well done, and people who might be inclined to to judge it or disagree with it might actually 
be swayed by the fact that your story was told well and see things differently. You can, you can, I, you can I if it does subtly. And I think that 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 was what they were trying to do when they wrote it. But you, you lost focus of how to write a story. You lost you. you were, again, it was I need to say these things and then wrote garbage around it. Yeah. So then just so they can get to this and you can feel the whole episode go because they're walking and they stop literally. And she goes, what is that? Are you hurt? Not physically. And then they get into it. And I don't know what I am, but, you know, I'm not going to live in, in this world like this, the way the world wants me to live and blah, 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 blah. And Ben calmly gets on his thing, which then they show Ian back at the control room watching this with tears in his eyes. Like, oh, well done, Ben Song. Well done. Stop it. I'm telling you. And it was so hokey and so – and it was such oh, an wow. insult to what the, the, the effort was supposed to be towards. Like, I understand the idea was – supposed to be good that's disappointing yeah it, it, and i said okay so here's the episode that i can actually say was a bad episode because i'll try to swing it in a positive way no matter what this wasn't officially a bad episode because then she's like so am i are you still my sister and she goes i'm still your sibling Come on. Okay, got it, got it, okay. And then they start to walk again, and the, the married one stays back, and they turn and look at her, and she goes, I'm divorcing Kevin. What? I'm divorcing Kevin. He's not good to me. I'm, I'm taking the kids, and we're going, which I think the point was because her sister was so brave that she's now going to be so brave and leave her husband, who's a jerk. <laughs> okay? Oh. So, yeah. So again, a lot, too much, too quick, just trying yeah. to hit everything. That's disappointing. Then they go to, which is clearly a Paramount back lot, which is supposed to be Mexico. And I recognize the outside of the church because it was used on a season one episode of MacGyver. Uh, but again, that was back when it was new. So I'm like, oh, it's the same church. They go in. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, they, they they have to put in the key and they turn it and nothing happens. Oh, you need the power of three or whatever. So each of them has to take a turn on the key Oof. to bring them together. It opens up. There's the box. They pull out the box. Gears start to turn under it. And they're like, what is that? Things start to rumble. They run outside. And you'll appreciate this because I'm sure you've probably been there. It's the Paramount water ride where the flood comes bashing from around a building. I've seen it a thousand times and I'm not even on the universal lot, the flash flood. That's it. It's the flash flood. They filmed the flash flood. Do that because everyone knows that's a universal flash flood. I know it. That's I, like filming at the collapsing bridge or the yeah. red sea. <laughs> or, or having Jaws show up, but you know, out of the water yeah. and the boat ride. I, that's been there forever. And I could see it. I recognize the road and they go, Oh, when we move the box, we must have opened the, the waterway. And so they're like, Oh no, Oh no. And they duck down under where the, where the water then comes down and splashes yeah, or where the tram is parked, where the tram is parked. And they, they said on Twitter, this is where Lady Gaga filmed right where they they squat down is where Lady Gaga stood when she filmed her video for whatever. Yeah, by the way, you, you know how they know that? 
They tell you that on the tram. Now there you go. <laughs> they, they 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 hide down. They bury themselves. They cover each other, and the water just trickles over them for a couple seconds, as it would on the ride. They go, oh, shoo, whoo. Um, I said to the family afterwards, if they stayed in the church, they would have stayed dry. Yeah. And this wasn't a life or death thing. This was just a minor inconvenience because you got a little damp. So you, you, you heard about all the huge storms we've had out here this last week or so? Uh-huh. People were putting up clips of the flash flood at Universal saying, man, this storm is never going to stop. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> recognizes the flash flood scene. Yeah, right? So, so then they open the box. Here we go, guys. There's nothing in it. What? Is it a mirror? Oh, wait. Wait, it's got a it's got a fake bottom. And they pull out a paper that basically says, My dear daughters, I wasted my life by searching a treasure. I wish I was there with you. The real treasure is that you two have been brought or you three have been brought together. The real treasure is at home. So you just go, Oh, for the love of God. It's the pilot for the new series, How to Hate Your Father. Oh, they talk about what a deadbeat daddy was and how they really didn't know him. So then they go home, and he's like, I haven't left yet. I don't know why. Huh. Wait a minute. He said the treasure was at home. They move the picture of the four of them, that the big painting, and behind it is a hole in the wall that when he opens up the safe, there's $40 million worth of diamonds and jewels and stuff that the father had apparently already found and decided to mess with his kids one more time. And even oh. though he's dead. Right. That's that's rough. This is what, right? Even if you took out the, the, the non-binary part, that's just, it's such a bad, it's just, it's, it's there's nothing good about it. The bad thing is, now I'm going to go to, to, to um, Peacock tonight and try and find this just so I can see the flashlight scene. Okay. Um, it was called. I don't think I'm control finding it. <laughs> no, no, it's the most recent one. Yeah. It's uh, uh, the 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 family treasure. I think it's called. Of course it is. Right now, most episodes are fine, even when they get a little. Oh, let's hold hands and sing kumbaya about transgender, or whatever. Like I said, the first season she did an episode, and you're like. Little preachy, but I can stomach it. it oh, it's it's still, still, yeah, it was still good. It was still filled with heart. Okay, everybody need you know equality. Great, get everybody involved. Fine, treat everybody equal. Well, in this case, I'm thinking this did more damage than good. This was not. This was not. Your message was too. Like you said, you just made people who weren't on your side more not on your side, and those who are your allies are going. What are you doing? This is this is insulting to the cause. If there's, you know, yeah, like, like I said, I thought, I thought, um, Doctor Davis, Davis with Doctor Who did had handle that very deftly and it worked perfectly. Yeah. What did you think of the of the, the last tenant one with, with Neil Patrick Harris? Love it. So good, right? I, I, hey, look at you got David Tennant. I'm happy anyway. So yeah. anything he was, I'm like, oh, give me more of that Doctor. I love yeah. that's my favorite Doctor. Give me, give me, give me. And then you get Neil Patrick Harris, who's scary. Yeah. I mean, like, he's he's like omnipotent, scary, like, oh, poof, your flowers, poof, your thing. He's like, no, stop. And do, you do, know? You know who, do you know who played that character originally? I saw the original footage. Um, yeah. 
Well, that, well, he's, he's so young, it's hard to recognize him. It's Michael Goff. It's uh, uh, Michael Keaton's Alfred from, from the first Batman. Wow, you're right, it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he, yeah you can't make doubt that that's him. Yeah. And but the, the, I thought the the, the way the way uh, Harris played it, I mean, there's some stuff in there that really gets into how you know Doctor Who's companions are all kind of disposable, and he just gets over it. Oh, and, well, that's yeah, all right then. That's exactly it, and it's it's just twisting the blade that that was great. And then I I have I have not yet watched the first full episode with the new guy, but in that episode, I loved him. I thought he was great. He was great in that. Um... Come back to me after you watch it. Yeah. It's a little, well, I don't, I don't want to mess with your view of it. I mean, the, the, when, when, when you, after, after a, a regeneration, there's always that kind of period of adjustment to a new guy. But I yep. thought what I saw of him in that first one was very promising. Yeah. I got a, I got a buddy who uh, said, oh, I hated Capaldi. I said, What? Yeah, I watched the first uh, three episodes of him. I said, nah, you did yourself an injustice. Yeah. Halfway through, they fix him, and they explain yeah. why he looks like he does, and yeah. he's much more likable in the second half of his run. Yeah, much so better. Much, so much so that I missed him. I, when yeah. he was going, I'm like, no, don't go. I love you. You're you're like my second favorite doctor now. Yeah. Don't go because he, he was fun and charming and witty and you know much more having – an exciting good time than the miserable yeah. sixth doctor he was being before. Yeah. I mean, once he's got the, the electric guitar, I'm like, all right, now I'm in with this doctor. That was, that was intentional. That was the episode where they turn the corner because he, he gets up, he walks over and he hugs Clara, which he, before he goes, I'm not much yeah. of a hugger. Yeah. This was showing the audience. We got it. We fixed it. Yeah, well, and the one where I really, really fell in love with him as, as, as a doctor was the, his river song episode. Yes, well, that, that's Cindy's favorite. That's yeah. that's that's the, her favorite Christmas episode. Yeah. The, the husbands of River Song. Yeah. We that have to watch good. that actually. It's so good. And they were so great together. Yeah. And it was one of the few times where they really paid off something—a thread that they started. Yeah. Previously, where he goes, she's like, "Oh, you had a fresh haircut, and you were wearing a new suit, mm -hmm. and, and all of those little things." He does. Yeah. And. and River Song always felt like too much for either Tennant or or for uh, or, or for uh, the next one. Smith, yeah, Smith. But the, like like she was just too much woman for him. But those two, like you, they could they could they had balance. I want to see more of them together. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that part was of me, part of me wants to leave her alone now. Another part of me wants to just save her. I, I that was one of the things I thought Tennant was going to do when he came back was fix some of the things that he couldn't yeah. before. Like, Although I'm so happy with the way they fixed uh, the, the with the way they uh they fixed Donna? Donna. Yeah. I know. I know that, that was that needed to happen. It's really needed to happen because that, that was just the most unfair. Yeah. But Dr. Who was famous for treating their companions badly when they leave, but that one yep. just the most unfair. I I had a problem with the fact that they for no reason whatsoever did we are woman, you stupid man thing. Remember that? Yeah, I, that that was at least done. That was done in such a cute way. I didn't mind it. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't feel aggressive or mean spirited. Yeah, I just was like, okay, shut up now. You had a good thing going. There's no reason to insult him because he's a stupid man. But uh, yeah, all those episodes were fantastic. Yeah. So fantastic, and I love, I love that 
we got to still have our 14th doctor. Yeah. Like, like, whoa, they, they, they split instead of change. That means he gets his own TARDIS. Yeah. And he gets to be happy. Let's give David Tennant. Yeah. 10, his happy life. I mean, again, of, of, of all the doctors, 10's departure was so torturous. Right? He, I, I don't think there's been another doctor who left so unhappy. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, I don't want to go. No, he, no, he was like, he was like hanging on by his fingernails. Right? And, and oh, I love the part when he freaks out. He's ticked. He does it to save Wilfred. Yeah, he said he's so pissed off at Will for making him burn it. For making right? him burn, burn, burn it. Burn could have done so much more and he freaked and i'm like good that's yeah. thank you you don't always have to be noble he's the most passionate i like that a lot right yeah and then he's like okay all right if i have to go but i'm just telling you i hate this i hate this whole you know yeah. i hate that i have to go darn it giving 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 donna her mind back and giving giving uh tenant a, uh, a proper happy ending yeah I, that was perfect i couldn't have i couldn't have predicted it yes. and he couldn't have been any happier i'm like thank you because when he starts to change i'm like no no i still feel like this is too soon we didn't get enough of 14 we only got three episodes and it's not even done with this one you didn't even wait to the end you're changing them now why oh yeah <laughs> that was great oh and i like that whole push yeah they're looking at each other okay push i also like that the, the, they, they split the outfit too Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, 15 is in his underwear. Like, yeah. And I didn't even notice that at first. You know that? Yeah. I'm watching the episode and they're they're catching the ball and blah, 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 blah. It wasn't until they're walking away that I'm like, oh. Yeah, he didn't get the pants. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I, yeah. I appreciate little detail like that. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So when you see the his first episode, you... You do love the new companion. Cool. She's great. Excellent. Unfortunately, she's only going to be in this one season, and then sporadic in the next season because they they already are like swapping yeah. her out. Yeah. The, the, to me, that just means Davis has plans, and I'm and I'm cool with that. Yeah. And also, he's known to lie to the press too, so you never know. There could be surprises ahead. <laughs> I was watching. They have the Doctor Who podcast on YouTube. It's only a half hour long, so after each episode, I would watch it. And it's the three hosts and they have a card and it kind of gives them, all right, next up, splitting in two. What do we think of that? And all of that kind of thing to like spark that line. Uh, but they go, oh, wait, we have a little clip of, of our uh, boss here having something to say. And he comes in and gives you little thoughts on here's why I did this. And here's wh what this means or what does this mean? You know, like things are planned. I'm like, yeah. Okay, he's a smart dude, and he's a good storyteller. He's a good he's a good long term storyteller, and he's passionate about yeah. this. Which I'm like, okay, I I oh that was the other thing too. What do you think of the idea of this by generation thing? Always happened. Um, you know that's kind of the nice thing about Doctor Who is the rules are so timey wimey wibbly wobbly. If you if you can sell it, I'm in. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. As long as it's not the the going back to the mistake of the previous doctor with the unearthly child or whatever the heck it was. Yeah, I, I didn't dig that, but it, it looks like they're not going to outright say it didn't happen. But they're also they're not going to ignore it. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, just keep moving forward. I mean, I remember when in the in the Fox movie they claimed he was half human. Right. Never mentioned that again. Just keep moving forward. Right. Which yeah. is which is one of the good but yet frustrating things about being a Doctor Who fan, right? Yeah. To be to love Doctor Who is to be frustrated with Doctor Who. Yeah, but it it always goes back to the way I've always felt or I feel about canon is if, did you like the story? Yeah. Well, then that one happened. As long as it didn't happen. And as long as it doesn't boldly counter what you already love and go, wait, 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 what? No, you're, you're, you're doing that, you know, like, because the way I do it and the way they can unwrite the unearthly child or whatever it was, you know, who told her? Uh, The master. Really? So he could have been full of crap. Yeah, yeah, that that that, that could be hand waved away so easily. So easily, or do one episode and make it a thing. Yeah, you go, yeah. Guess what? I was just messing with you. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, or was I? Ah, and then that way everybody gets whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to tell you, I talking about graphic novels and stuff that I've been getting like more independent stuff um seconds have you heard of seconds heard of it have not read it bought it haven't read it yet but it's the scott pilgrim yeah writer from what it sounds incredible it it, she's a baker owns a bakery but her life is crap she gets a chance to go back in time and fix it but again the perils of going back in time like oh you got me good um, there's an ongoing miniseries by Tynan. Oh, actually, wait, let me jump back before I even get to that one. I, I have Cindy reading. I, I, she's finally reading again at night before we fall asleep. And so I'm like giving her the best of stuff because she was reading injustice, but yeah. injustice goes on for so long that unless you're reading it every day, which she wasn't, she would lose where she was. And it felt like work after a while. I said, drop it. You can come back to it later. Right. So I'm giving her like the one and done kind of stuff. Did you read the nice house at the lake? Mm-mm. Oh, do yourself a favor and read that one. Right. What, what is that? Is that? Indie? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> he has two volumes out so far. They're so good. I'm waiting for the next. Like it's, it's, I don't know how many he has planned, if it's just one more volume or what, but the first one, I'll give you the, pl- the plot. Without no, 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 let, let me go cold. I, I got, this is a good recommendation. I wanted to dive in. Good. Uh, he is now doing another 12 issue series called the deviant. Yeah. He's, 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 he's working on a lot of big stuff. Yeah. Have I've you heard- I have no details down either. No. Okay. There's like three or four issues so far. It's great. The It's basically, it's a Christmas story. So I thought it was, it came out before Christmas. So I'm like, oh, okay. He's doing a horror Christmas thing. Oh, it's not just one or two issues. How long does this go on for? So it's <laughs> going to go up, you know, for a year. And, and it, it flashes back to the seventies of the serial killer. And it's it's a um, guy who's trying to write a book now. It's he throws a lot of himself into his characters, and he goes to interview the guy who got arrested as the serial killer. Well, it doesn't look like he was the guy. 
Okay. Because, cool. the killing, because the killings from the 70s have started back up again. All right. Although I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to put that on my list. Cool. I'll, I'll send you anything because I know I'm going to forget stuff while we're talking. But I'm like I said, I'm watching these videos of people talking about the books that they love. And I'm like, yeah, all right. And I'll grab them. Yeah. I haven't necessarily read all of them yet, but I bought them because I'm going to. Like I just finally bought The Last Ronin. Yeah, that's pretty good. Is it? I I hear that. Yeah, I re I didn't read the I haven't read the whole the the second series, but I read most of the first one. It's pretty good stuff. Okay. Yeah, I I I love the turtles. Oh, do you hear who's going to be writing turtles? Oh, I, I I I saw the change. Who was it? Jason Aaron. Well, that's right. Interesting. Yeah, I'm saying like it, I'm I'm that, nowhere near caught up. That book does need it. It does need to, to be shaken up. Does it's, it? It's it's been in its its rut for for a while now. Okay. There's a really long story about about the 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 turtles being in kind of like a roped off mutant city, where where everybody in the city are are, are humans who've been turned into like animal mutants like them. Sure. And it started off great, but it's been going for a while. It, it really needs to shake up. Okay. I just got. I just read the first. Well, they just came back from the planet with all the cranes. Hmm. So that's where, where I left off. I'm like, okay, that's the first 12 issues, maybe. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, now, because then what I started to do, instead of buying them as one, 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 I just get volumes. Yeah. So if there's a sale, I'm like, grab them, grab them, grab them, and I'll get to them. Um, oh, this is what I was, uh, there's so much I've been dying to talk to you about. And I know we got to wrap it up, but again, we'll, we'll do this as soon as possible. But, have you been reading the Energon universe? No. It's so it freaking just, good. I just do not have an affinity for Transformers. It's just I You don't have to. Even if you just read the G.I. Joe stuff, but the Transformers stuff, again, I'm with you. Okay. I had them as a kid, but as far as a comic goes, I just even even I mean I like I like the toys for their for their toyetic aspects. But the comics, I've never, I've never connected with that world. It doesn't work for me. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Okay. And, uh, now, um, what I, what I was going to do though is wait until they get far enough in on these two or three new Joe books and read those as trades when they come. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That's fine, but you're gonna you're doing yourself a disservice because. First of all, Transformers, I, I'm amazed to say this, is so freaking good. They make Optimus Prime have heart. Um, they do it a lot from the perspective of you and I looking at them. So you always are reminded that they are giant robots. Yeah. And they have the bad guys starscream and the rest because you don't know where megatron is basically it's spike and a girl his friend stumble upon the ship that's in the mountain you know what i'm talking about the ship that yeah. brought them i mean uh, uh, the sad thing is this sounds to me like the beginning of every of every transformer series i've read for the oh, last wait wait they, they walk in and they're all like laying there. They're all beat up and destroyed and, and 
They look like a bunch of corpses. Good guys, bad guys, they're all just there. All right. He's like, what the heck is this? Well, they start to wake up, some of them. But unfortunately, Starscream is the first one to wake up. And he gets warp or whatever the one is, sky warp or I don't know, the, uh, the black jet. And they just start walking over and going, boom, boom, shooting the faces off like Bumblebee. Because you're like, oh, Bumblebee's going to be part of it. Nope. Blam. <coughs> Optimus wakes up. They make the bad guys. They're not just like, oh, I want some energon. They look at us as, what are these things? Oh, they're squishy, aren't they? And they just start picking up people and squeezing them. <laughs> and, and, and they like have... Again, they, again, this might not be for me. <laughs> oh, but wait, wait. <laughs> what happens is, besides you going, oh, I like Optimus, and they actually give Optimus that kind of like, I understand this is your planet. You know, I, I, I value all life kind of thing. I'm trying to do the right thing. The, the art's fantastic too, but who shows up? Duke. I'm not good. I, I can't tell you how, but basically that leads into the first issue of Duke. There's been two issues of Duke. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Because do, do those issues of Duke have a bunch of transformers in them? <clears throat> Basically, there's 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 a run in that you don't know it's Duke until the the last page, basically, of that issue, because it's only it just focuses on the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Because he's in a jet. Starscream shows up, you know, attacks the jet. So like, oh, it's one of ours. Wait a minute, why is it coming at us? Boom, 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 boom. They eject because Starscream shoots at them or whatever. They parachute. The pilot is is parachute opens. Starscream goes hi, squishes him. Dude, the guy who's getting the guy who's getting the ride. Oh, I'm telling you, it's, it's fantastic. The guy who's getting the ride, you know, hits a button and cuts the because now he sees the other guy and goes after him. He shoots them like Duke, you find out, gets like a jetpack thing, flies over him, shoots him in the face. And while he goes, ah, like that, he, he loses sight of where he is. He's like, ah, stupid bug, and just like flies away. Duke starts with him talking to General Abernathy, Hawk. No, he's Abernathy, right? Yeah. Okay. Hawk, he's talking to General Hawk. And is like, you know, Duke, you've <clears throat> you've been the best soldier, and they do like a flashback. You've always been a great leader, and you blah, 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 blah. they run through a quick history of him. I don't know why you're getting in fights all the time and acting like an a-hole, basically. And he goes, You don't understand. Nobody I, I I'm fed up with the government telling me what I saw I didn't see. And he's doing they do a quick flashback to him dealing with Starscream. He goes, it was a delusion. He goes, it wasn't a delusion. So he gets fed up. He goes, why don't you take some time to yourself? So so let me get this straight. You don't like the deaths in Suicide Squad, but you're okay with the Transformers turning dudes into Smucker Strawberry Jam. 
as long as it's not the only thing. Like if 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 it's, I'm just giving you. Some, I'm just giving you. I know. But what you understand the difference? Like they they, they ratcheted up the villains in this so that they're not just I want Energon and you know yeah. like no you're like oh you guys are scary like you read this and go oh that's not that's not good that's not you're just in my way no this is I think you're insignificant and I'm gonna just like an ant you're like you know an ant get out of my way well uh, the whole time you're wondering where's Megatron right. So with with uh, with Duke though he's like all right fine you know I'll go take my break you'll be lucky if I come back and like storms out of there well then they they they're coming at it from all different angles so you get to see there's no Cobra yet by the way uh, see Cobra's my favorite part of GI Joe wait 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 when you read Co- uh, Cobra Commander you get into his story. Yeah. And it's only been one issue so far. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up the trades. Oh, I'm, they they weave everything in. You get to see characters in G, uh, Duke, Mercer. You see Mercer in the first issue, and you see Destro because Destro's company is called Mars. Mars, yeah. They weave all of that in to the Transformers and G.I. Joe kind of affecting each other without officially, like Transformers are not known to the world yet. Yeah. Does, does Megatron still turn into a tiny gun that somebody else can hold? We, we haven't seen him yet. <laughs> this is, I just, I just, I, I cannot take Transformers seriously. I've tried so Me many too. times. Me too. <laughs> with, with, when they would do that, I'm like, wait a minute. He's not shrinking. That robot was 10 feet tall. Right. So I think they're going to make him like a tank or a Jeep. Yeah, or something. Okay. They did that with the toys, actually. He's yeah, not yeah. a gun anymore. Yeah. Also, because you can't get in with selling a Mauser anymore to kids like you could in the 1980s. Right. Even Han Solo's gun has to be orange now. I know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm amazed at how, because I thought, all right, I'll read it. I, I also read Void Rival, uh, Rivals. Yeah. Which is part of that world. That was kind of like the sneaky intro that let that that kicked it's, it off. It's no, yeah, but it's its own thing. If you don't read that, fine. It's Kirkman. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it. But it's not, it doesn't necessarily matter to anybody on Earth yet. Yeah. Right. No, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give the Joe I'll give the Joe books look in the trade. Yeah. Yeah. I can't promise the Transformers. That's just well, I let just, me let me finish the story arc and I'll tell you for sure. All right, cool. I'm amazed at how much I freaking love it. All of it. All of it. Because they're taking their time and they're weaving it together in a new way that is excellent. I mean, it feels fresh and new and yet not trying to be fresh and new. You know what I mean? Like when when they did that with IDW, I think it was, that did the yeah. comics. Yeah. They, that was supposed to be separate from uh, Hama's run. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Almost, yeah. and it was okay. I think IDW started over their 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 non-Hama GI Joe line three three different times. Right, and at yeah. first it was like, all right, this is good, but it didn't really shake anything up. It was like, all right, you already know who these characters are, so yeah. we're just gonna. And sometimes when they would they they would try and change them too much, they would go too far in the other direction where it didn't even feel like GI Joe, and and I would always just go, you know what, I'm gonna go back to reading the Hama. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, and I remember dropping the IDW's run too and going, all right, 
and it's you're not there's nothing fresh there you're just kind of making it darker yeah and and i'd rather read hama yeah. um but this feels like its own thing well, I mean, everything I've, everything i've heard is like they, they this was what a very good a very strong launch for both of these stuff from image that's cool i'm thrilled i'm thrilled and and i was surprised that like people's number one book from last year even though it was only one or two issues came out they said it was transformers out of their top 10 books when i watched these videos i'm like I, well, I think a big part of it was the way they handled it where the launch was such a surprise from the coming out of that void thing i think it took a lot of people by totally by surprise that the, all of a sudden there's this big new transformers thing coming out that's so just cool that's a smart way to do it i'm telling you i i i pray it doesn't take a hard left and change but so far it's uh williamson yeah okay yeah it's great it i i and even cobra commander because a lot of times when idw would do we're gonna do a cobra comic you'd be like all right you know again nothing new this you go oh oh you're, you're gonna you're gonna i'm not gonna tell you anything but you're gonna see some stuff right from the first page and go really you did that all right Oh no! I'll give it. I'll definitely, definitely give it a look. Did you read um, the new Ultimate Spider-Man? Did not. It's surprisingly good. I just. I know. I know. Here's 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 my thing on that, and this, and then it's it's a bit spoilery, but if you're big, if it's an Ultimate Spider-Man book, which is supposed to be a fresh start, and your big shocking reveal depends on you knowing old Spider-Man, and it didn't work. You didn't have to read ultimate spider-man before all you had to know is that peter well, parker if, if the idea is this is a clean start but your big shocking thing is that that ben parker is is where he is is he not the, the editor of the daily bugle yes well i mean that's only shocking because you know he's supposed to be dead so to me it's like if if it's if you if the idea is it's a fresh start you're still depending on my previous knowledge of spider-man for your shock kind of Except, okay, I'll tell you. They did that whole ultimate invasion or whatever the heck it was. Kind of confusing. <clears throat> Basically, evil Reed Richards went through a universe and stopped all the heroes from being created. He stops the spider yeah. from biting Peter Parker. He stops, you know, the uh, Bruce Banner from becoming the Hulk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he goes, and that was his thing. It's a world without superheroes. Okay. Miniseries was more confusing. It, we, they lost, basically, the, the beauty of what the Ultimate Universe was is long, long gone. So this was just like, all right, you're trying, whatever. What made this new Ultimate Spider-Man was it's a universe where he was never Spider-Man. Uh, he got married to Mary Jane. They have a couple kids. So he's in his 30s, we'll say. He's got a beard, got glasses. He's working at the Daily Bugle. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson and his uncle are like <coughs> besties. Well, the whole issue, he's never a Spider-Man. So it's it's him. The premise of this series is him getting the Spider-Man powers now at this age when he should have already gotten them as a teenager. Mm, yeah, yeah. 
I, I like it so far. It's Hickman. I'm not feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll let you know as I go. But so yeah. far, first issue is I'm like, oh. Who's the writer on it? Hickman. Hickman, okay. Yeah. So, again, it could fall apart real easy. But <clears throat> the fact that I'm, I'm enjoying an ultimate book. Yeah. I liked I liked Hickman's, but <clears throat> I didn't like his Avengers as much. What remind me his Avengers? His Avengers was he had it was a, a large team. He brought in tons of new characters and tons of cosmic characters, and it just it, it really did. It, I I I I bailed on it early because I didn't it didn't feel like I had any heart. <laughs> was that Ultimate Avengers or something like not Ultimate? It was, Avengers. It was Avengers, but it was it was it was kind of it was very much in the feel of his FF, which was like super cold and scientific and remote and lots of cosmic stuff and nothing really human about it. No, but remember after they did X uh, Avengers versus X-Men and they called it like uncanny Avengers. Well, uncanny Avengers was, was the, the side team that was like half X-Men and half Avengers. Right. Was that, that around felt, that same time? Right, right, kind of around the same time. Yeah. Okay. That, that felt more like Avengers than Hickman's did to me. Right. I do remember that. Cause I think I read the first issue and went, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he put Shang Chi in there, and you know, Shang Chi shouldn't be an Avenger. No, he's a defender. Let him yeah, be a defender at, at best. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, I, I. Did they give him the rings? Do they? Do they have him have the movie rings? I don't think so. Really? Because other than, I mean, thank God for those rings. Because now I can go. Okay, you're on a superhero team because of that. Yeah. Just because you're a good martial artist doesn't mean you That's get to be exactly. a superhero. At least Hawkeye's got a bow. What do you got? Buddy? Yeah, and perfect aim. So yeah. you know, you're like, yeah. And even he gets teased. Yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> let me let you go. Uh, yeah. We need to do this again because we didn't even get into how Todd McFarlane is single-handedly changing the toy industry. There's so much crazy McFarlane stuff we got to talk about. We it's do. Amazing. So we do. I just wish it wasn't. I wish it wasn't seven inches. I wish he kept it at six because now it's just an inch too far for me. I thought I thought that the beginning, but the way he's working now, he got me. Really? Oh yeah. Well, I saw the blue beetle with the bug. Like, and, oh, you and, son of a bitch! But even the seven-inch line is leaning into all like Bronze Age stuff. Uh, you got something? Look at this crypto. I didn't even know they came out with the crypto. It's amazing. Oh, wow. And they, they made a perfectly Earth One 70s looking Superman to go right with him. Is he smiling? Is that the one? Yeah. He, he smile. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the rest of McFarlane's earlier Superman all looked like they're constipated. Yeah. And this one is like, hey, it, it's basically Christopher Reeve flying at the end of the movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. We'll it just started the new two pack. From McFarlane, it's Kyle Rayner and Kilowog. I just showed Mikey that. I just showed Mikey the pictures. That's his because name. they have Kyle Rayner with the green suit, the plastic thing over him. He just did an Animal Man that looks amazing. Really? Yeah. yeah I, Captain, I gotta, I, Captain Carrot, dude. I I couldn't wait to tell you. I read the first volume of Animal Man. I got to read the second volume of um um. Starman. Yeah. I know, because I always think of you when I see them. I'm like, oh, Scott's yeah. gonna be after me. I gotta I gotta read. I can't believe they haven't come out with more collections. Give yeah, us well, all of the Starman run. Yeah. 
Well, they're they're in two big fat ones like this, and that's the whole run. Well, yeah, yeah. but like uh, digitally, you got volume one, you got volume two. Yeah, so I, 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 I need books. <laughs> I, I need books. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the shows I I watch um, on YouTube, they they do talk about omnibuses and yeah. ultimate collections and. The girl's so funny because she and I get what she's talking about. She goes, I love the feel of this book on yeah. my skin. Like you can feel, you know, she's like, look, it has a cool slip case, but oh, look at the texture on that. Or, you know, and they'll hold it sideways and look at the sheen on the on the pages. And I'm like, I appreciate that kind of love. Yeah. I love that kind of like minutiae that like, yeah, you you're fun to listen to. <laughs> All right, right, man. McFarlane first next time. All right. Uh, you know what? Honest to God, and I'm not kidding. Let's plan on the next one and write a list of topics because I need to do the same. Cool. I think I, I hit the big ones that I was dying to talk to you about, but seriously, both of us write down stuff because I'll kick myself when we don't talk about it. Excellent. All right. All right Thanks, man. everybody, for um, whoop, what happened there. Let's see. Oh, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Boy, that was weird. I'm going to just say to everybody, thank you for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Please go to the Forever Adventure Network, uh, where we always try to have good stuff and stores and blogs and videos and music and more shenanigans. Actually, Scott, if you uh, post a link on the Facebook page of either Never Gets Old or the group page of um, Forever Adventure, the 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 article that you were just talking about. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, All and right. then you can find me every every Monday and Wednesday at thirteenthdimension.com. Perfect. All right, everybody, I'm going to run the end title here, and uh, thanks for watching. And as always, let's remember, stay excited, everyone. The Never Gets Old podcast is part of the Forever Adventure Network and made possible by your donations through Patreon. If you'd like to help us out, please go to the Forever Adventure Network by Mac Jackson on Patreon and help by subscribing, rating, and reviewing wherever podcasts are heard. We also have a Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube channel. The show's music is by Harmony Constant and available wherever music is sold. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, stay excited. The Forever Adventure Network. Welcome to the adventure.